Mitch is... Welcome to Heavy Hitters, everybody! Yes, sir. Very excited today. Uh, of course, you know why? That intro, that intro does get you pumped up, yes, doesn't it? it does. But it's another edition of Heavy Hitters. We are back. It's our Wednesday show. We're going to start by reacting to Monday night's games and two absolute blowouts. Some even though, barn burners. Yeah, yeah, we can go with that. But um, <laughs> then we'll shift to our MLB discussion today. And then, of course, we will preview week three of the NFL season. It's kind of crazy. It's already week three moving so fast. And of course, week four of college football. So plenty ahead, wall to wall and another fantastic edition of the heavy hitters as of course, he's Mitch to my left. And of course, Mitch Smedley, heavy hitting the table and Jack Heim, heavy hitting the board today. Yes. As usual. Of course. Let's get right into our discussion. Bills Titans. Going, Bills Titans, man. This game was not close. I remember we were talking about it on Monday. <laughs> we were talking about it on Monday yeah. and you said, Jack, what would you what would the score have to be for you to be impressed with Tennessee's efforts? And I said they'd have to cover. They'd have to keep it within 10. Uh, of course, that's not actually what happened. Not that even close. happened for about the first... First quarter. Quarter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was. I think it was 10-7 early in the second. I the, believe The Bills just correct. ran away with it. Yeah, 41-7 wasn't close, man. The Bills, I tell you what. Um, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Oh, my. Oh, my. It's electric. Wookie, wookie, wookie. Yeah, those two have the connection uh, of all connections. And, uh, I mean, wow. I mean, where, where do you start? If Allen's going to throw 45, 50 passes a game and be that efficient, just hand him the MVP trophy right now. It's not even going to be close. If, if they keep it at this toward pace. Not I mean, even close. I mean, two games, this offense has looked merely unstoppable. Stephon Diggs already four touchdowns, 270 yards, and 20 catches. Josh Allen, 614, seven touchdowns, two picks on the season. Granted, uh, one of them was not his fault. Went right through the arms of Isaiah McKenzie in the red zone and yep. picked off by the Rams. So, really... Josh Allen is continuing what he did in the playoffs last year, was which was uh, dice up opposing defenses and make them look foolish. And so. how about the? Uh, I mean, the, we talked about it on Monday, but the Rams really with a good, uh, much better offensive performance, and uh, you know, a, a great performance against the the Falcons, which increases the validity of that win week one for the Bills and the Bills defense. Well, the Falcons. Um, yeah, that's that's what I meant. The defense. Yeah, not did I say offense? Yeah, totally the defense because the Rams put up points against Atlanta. Yeah, exactly. So the defense for the Bills, um, you know, really solid. Allowed seven points to Tennessee that came on the first drive, and after that point, it was nothing. I mean, they literally did not score again. Uh, Forty, no, thirty-four unanswered put up by the offense, and and there's really nothing else to say. You covered it, Josh Allen, to uh, Stephon Diggs is just I, they didn't even have Gabriel Davis this week. And they still were firing on every single cylinder and then some. Absolutely. Uh, it's just it, it's phenomenal what this Bills team has been able to do. And when you don't have to run the ball and they're that efficient on offense, whew, it is it is scary. It Absolutely is something else. scary to see what this Bills team is capable of. But they have a big week three matchup. We're going to preview that later in the show. They travel down to South Beach and take on the 2-0 Dolphins. And what a matchup that's going to be, we think. That's going to be probably one of the best matchups of the week. 100%. We're going to go to Philly. 24-7, the e- Eagles rock the Vikings. G-L-E-S. Eagles with a commanding victory over the Vikings. You know, reminiscent of the 2017 NFC Championship game, Jack. I got chills seeing Quez Watkins strutting into the end zone looking like Alshon Jeffrey in there. Oh, man. Jalen Hurts played a fantastic, well... This is the problem, Jack. Here's my problem I have. He played a fantastic, uh, like perfect first half. We didn't score in the second half. We attempted a field goal, got blocked. So really, he put us in position for a few points. But and we weren't trying. We were off our game script. We were just running the ball. But 
I mean, to me, it's not being talked about enough how nobody scored in the second half. Credit to the defenses, you know, but that, that also includes Minnesota's defense, and that hinders Philly's offense. I mean, 24 points in the first uh, first half. As Joe Buck said, I just don't think they could have played much better. Jalen Hurts looked absolutely unstoppable on the ground and through the air, Jack. It was one of those rare moments. I was like, I, we were watching in my apartment, and I say to my buddies, I'm like, it, it was like third and two. I'm like, we're, we're going to like convert it. Like I, For one of the rare times, I have full confidence that we're going to convert this, and then the pass was caught by whether it was Smith or, or uh, Pascal. I, I forget who exactly caught that play, but... I mean, what a, a confident-looking offense, and we're not used to that in Philly. We're not used to that. We're used to having to go for it on fourth down. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was just, I do want to, I'll address the Eagles game in a second, but one thing I forgot to mention about the Buffalo game was that there were plenty of injuries for the Bills in this game. Uh, starting safety Micah Hyde left the game with a neck injury. Uh, starting linebacker Matt Milano left the game and did not return what was termed as a stinger, so he should be okay. Yep. Defensive tackle Jordan Phillips had a injured hamstring. And, of course, you mentioned Gabe Davis was inactive. But the biggest injury of the day uh, was cornerback Dean Jackson, which was a very scary incident. Oh, uh, he, yeah. Yeah, he had to get carted off the field while went in an ambulance. It was, you know, a freaky thing. They uh, said he had full movement in the uh, extremities, though. Yes, yeah, and that, that is a very positive thing. So wishing the best for Dane Jackson from Buffalo. And again, you know, as a football fan, you move from, you know, fan to person at that point when you see those type of injuries. It's just you wish the best uh, for the player. Uh, and, of course, you know, it's everything seems positive from for Dane Jackson right now, but we hope uh, the positive news continues to come out and, you know, hope he's okay and can suit up again in the near future uh, for the Bills. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, it's just, again, those things are never, never what you want to see. It really sucks for a team to have to withstand injuries as a part of their adversity that they face. You know, I, I look to another team like the 49ers, uh, constantly dealing with running back injuries, it seems. Yep. And, and just such an injured team. And, you know, Philly's dealt with that. We all We all remember the... 2017 season but every season players go down and and it's terrible because you're watching you know people's careers and and like Trey Lance back to the 49ers what a sad story you know whether you were high or low on the guy you wanted to see him do well uh you wanted to see him play at, at the very least and now we don't get that opportunity for some of these guys yeah and it's just really unfortunate yep absolutely you know a perfect example with Lance you want to see guys get their shot and you don't want to have their shot stripped away because of an injury exactly uh so you know again that's unfortunate but maybe we'll see Lance you know, back next year. But again, hope all these Bills guys can recover quickly uh, and get back to one of the most electric teams to watch uh, through the first two weeks of the NFL season. Before we continue our discussion, we have a quick message from the KUR Notebook. Attention KU students. Did you know undergraduate research and creativity gives you many of the resources needed to publish and present your work at regional, national, or international levels? To learn more, please visit www.kutztown.edu slash UGRC you can also stay up to date on conferences and publication opportunities by following UGRC on Instagram at UGRC underscore KU. This message of community interest brought to you by the Radio Voice of Kutztown University. KUR, welcome back to Heavy Hitters. I'm Jack Himes, Mitchell Smedley on the Radio Voice of Kutztown University. KUR, Kutztown, getting back to our Monday night football discussion uh, with the Eagles and the Vikings now moving past the Bills injury front. Uh, but again, you, you were talking about it earlier. Uh, Eagles, you know, this game really was never in doubt. Uh, after the no. first quarter, you know, we know what Kirk Cousins is on Monday night. It's not a good quarterback. Oh, uh, Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins on every other facet, uh, you know, put him on a Sunday. He looks, he looks decent most times. Let's be honest. I mean, Kirk Cousins and Darius Slay, best quarterback receiver combo in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, apparently, Kirk Cousins was not informed uh, that Darius Slay is on the opposing team in this matchup. So bummer. Yeah, yeah. You want to throw it to Justin Jefferson, not uh, 
not, not Darius Slay, but Kirk Cousins found himself doing that many times, throwing three picks in this game. Vikings offense really just looked disjointed all night, couldn't establish anything on the ground. They only ran it 11 times. I mean, they averaged 5.6 a carry, but that's good for limited work. But when you're carrying it 11 times, shows you're just not in control uh, of the game. A lot of that came um, when the game really wasn't in question. Absolutely. And uh, I think that really goes to it. When it mattered, Eagles defense stuffed them every time. Every time. Absolutely. Limited Justin Jefferson to just six catches for 48 yards. Uh, That's probably one of the best uh, defensive performances you'll see against Jefferson uh, this year. Uh, but the Vikings do take on the Lions at home this week. We will talk about that a little bit later on. Yep. But on the other side of things for the Eagles, I mean, a lot of positives so far this year. 2-0, things are looking bright. Um, and the offense looks really good. It just looks in sync. Everyone's clicking. Uh, the running back room looks good. Miles Sanders is getting a good amount of the touches there. 17 for 80. That's 4.7 a carry. It's pretty good. Close to 5. Uh, and Almost two 100-yard uh, days for him. He was, uh, was he over 100 in? Yes. Yeah, in week one. Yep. So, I mean, that's really important to see because Sanders last year had a down year. Wasn't getting a lot of the uh, a lot of the yardage that people thought. But I just missed 100, my bad. 96. Oh, 96. Okay. So, it was right there. Yeah, pretty right, much. Just about. Yeah. So, um, On the cusp. And, and how about uh, another, not really a vanishing act of last year, but week one, Devontae Smith didn't have a catch. Uh, this week, week two, he was the man through the air for Jalen Hurts. And... Uh, I mean, this is this is what it can be. It can be A.J. Brown's show one week, and then defenses run over and cover him, and look who's over there, Devontae Smith. And even if there's a scheme that covers both guys, Dallas Goddard, you know? Like, three prime options for Jalen Hurts to throw to, or, or as we saw, Jalen Hurts to run it for two touchdowns, and the second one of which was one of the most beautiful runs I've ever seen him have, where he, he fought for the goal line from, in, like, from the five-yard line on. It was a like got around the outside, made defenders look like they were walking, and, and then fights for the goal line. It was absolutely beautiful performance in that first half by Jalen Hurts. Absolutely. You know, Hurts just looked, he looks like a different quarterback so far this year. Two games. But again, it goes back to what you do when your organization puts good weapons around you. They already had a good offensive line, and now the run game is establishing itself a little bit more than it was last year. So it's it's crazy what happens when you have a complete offense uh, functioning at its best level, how good a quarterback can look. Uh, it's been the same thing down in Miami with Tua. Um, and I'm not saying Tua is better than Jalen Hurts. I think Hurts is better than Tua. Do but, you? Okay. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think both quarterbacks are in ascension mode. They're on the rise. They have looked better uh, than they did in years past, and we'll have to continue to see how that goes uh, for the rest of this season. But so far, those are two teams that have very highly functioning offenses and systems that seem to work. Uh, so with the playmakers that Hurts has around him, I don't expect any you know, drop off. I think he'll continue. He's not going to be an elite guy, but he'll be a guy who's going to be able to make all the throws you need him to make. I think that's 100% accurate. He's not going to be elite, but he can do what you need to do. And he could, uh, here's the problem. I think people are going to get twisted that he may look elite over the first part of the season because I was looking at the schedule. The Eagles could be 6-0 and coming out of their, their uh, Sunday night matchup with Dallas in a few weeks. I mean, the Eagles go to the Commanders uh, and then they're uh, home for Jacksonville and then it's Arizona Um and then it's Dallas. Like, those are four teams that I, I think the Eagles pretty easily should beat. And that that's 6-0 and at that point, Jack. That's 6-0. and They're Absolutely. greasing up the poles at that point. Yes, they are. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, a lot, a lot of bright spots uh, in Philadelphia so far early in the year. Uh, but we're going to shift to not such a bright spot in Philadelphia, and that's the Philadelphia oh, Phillies. Oh, brother. We, we got to go I talk had about my baseball. Fun. You I did have your fun. fun. But we can get back to fun with uh, college football and the NFL preview a little bit later on the show. Yep. But, Mitch, 
There's not going to be a show where I think you're going to be fully happy with everything going on with your favorite sports Never. team. I just don't think that's a possibility. But not it's not a possibility until, for me either. Until um, when's the first round of the MLB playoffs? Uh, that should be early October, right? Yes, yes. Right. So in the same weekend, the Eagles could defeat, I believe it would be, oh man, I believe that would be Arizona that weekend. And the Phillies could win a playoff series. In the same weekend, the, the Eagles could stay undefeated and the, and the Phillies win a playoff series. How crazy would I be that week, Jack? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, that would be crazy. Um, but, you know, we got to go and talk about the NL East race right now Ugh. and the do wild we, card race. Do we yes, have we to? do. As unfortunate as it is for you, we do have to discuss it. At it is our duty lost. to be a good host. Yeah, the Mets are taking care of business for you. Speaking of the Mets, I'm, Thank in, a, you. I'm in a good mood, man. We clinched the playoff spot. Yeah. Uh, we're keeping pace ahead of Atlanta right now. We're playing some really good baseball down the stretch. Uh, with a chance to sweep the Brewers today. That game actually just started top of the first. Um, but, yeah, it's it's good in Metland right now. Uh, that's really all I have to say about that. Scherzer came back on Monday, pitched phenomenally six perfect innings. And, again, we're, we're just clicking right now. The bats are alive, and Lindor and Alonzo were hitting great. Uh, Frankie had a grand slam yesterday to give the Mets a 7-5 win. Ugh. So, yeah, as disgusting as it is that you have to root for the Mets, uh, it is I your reality right it, now. But I do have to do it. But that does end tomorrow, to Mitch. That score. It does, you know. But, you know, things don't get any easier because after this, the Brewers go to play the Reds. And oh, the Phillies have oh, to no. host Atlanta for four. Oh, no! So things could, could get real dicey this weekend if the Phillies' woes continue. Who are the they Padres got, playing? They got trounced uh, by the Blue Jays yesterday. Uh, okay, but trounced. Yeah, trounced. It was did. a seven-run game. Uh, the the Padres matchup with St. Louis trounced. for a three-game set. They beat up San Diego, won five to nothing last night over St. Louis. So they have two more before heading out to Colorado for a weekend set. Mm. So the Phillies, the Phillies competition. This is what happens when you don't win the games you were supposed to win. When you get swept by, was it swept by the uh, Giants? I think yes. it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you do that, when you lose two or three to some of these other teams, when you don't fully capitalize on the Marlins like this is exactly what happens and, and you can't even hold on to a lead against the Braves this is this you, it's unacceptable that, that this is happening again I mean 2019 2021 2022 now I mean 2018 how many years how many years are we going to collapse in in September you know and again I think you have to talk about it I mean Girardi was not a good manager he there for the awful. Phillies he was and Rob Thompson has seemingly been better no. but we're seeing the same results from these players under new <laughs> management so thing. at what point do we see say is it the general manager do we say it's the manager or do we say it's flat out just the players they can't execute uh, in times of pressure they just you know they 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 crumble you know when when times get tough they fold and that's kind of what it's been for the Phillies. It's been the Phillies, you know, bad organizational leadership. And, you know, again, you don't want to hear the word culture, but it's been that way. It has been the culture of this organization for the past, really since 2000, you know, after that 2011 stretch ended, they kind of went into a time where they had to rebuild. And, you know, Ruben Amaro Jr. left the organization in a bad, bad spot. <laughs> now then he's on the finally, broadcast team. Yeah, now they finally got it back up a little bit. But, you know, they can't execute in pressure situations. They just can't do it. And they haven't been able to compete with the Mets or Braves. You know, it, before that sweep in Atlanta, it was a close season series all year. Uh, but you know, this last time out, it was domination from Atlanta. Uh, do we see a switch uh, in this four game set in Philly? No, we don't. I mean, the Braves are going to take at least three. The Braves are going to take at least three, Jack. Please don't. Can, can so they, depressing. Look, it's sad that I have to root for the Phillies, but they need to win some games here. Like not, to, not, not tonight, happen. not tonight, but against the Braves. Like, it's the not going to happen. Can win. Good Blue luck. Can win. So, yeah. Times are tough in Philly for the for the for the Philadelphia Times Phillies. Are horrible. At least you got the Eagles. 
So uh, that is, dude. It's always the silver lining. Yeah, at least you got the Eagles this year. As they look very, very promising. But um, do you remember that uh, that one year? I think it was the year we signed Harper, 2019. Yes. The uh, NFL booked the Eagles for three road games in a row because uh, people thought the Phillies were going to be playing playing in October, and they didn't want to compete for tickets and, and traffic and all that. That's a good joke. Phillies in October. Remember that? Yeah. That was crazy. That was crazy. Well, we got to step aside our first break of today's show. When we come back, wrapping up our MLB discussion and getting into the Week 3 NFL preview. Stick with us right here on Heavy Hitters. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters, everybody. I'm Jack Heim alongside Mitchell Smedley. Wrapping up our MLB discussion before we go to NFL Week 3 preview. During the break, we were trying to... Jack was counting everybody. Yeah, He's I was, learning. I was, yeah. He's learning. I'm learning basic mathematics here <laughs> during the break. Um, so trying to calculate uh, our picks from last week. Um, but before we get to that, uh, yeah, Mitch, you got to talk about the Phillies. Who, who's got to step up? Who's got uh, to turn the tide here in this September crumble? I feel like the obvious answer is Bryce Harper. But, I mean, I, I think there's some lingering injury effects that we're seeing here. It's just not, you know, working out. Um, that, that's the hard question. It's like Real Muto. Do I say Real Muto? He had like four, was it four or five hits last night, a home run. Like, he's been stepping up. Um, I think I really just got to go with, with pitching as a whole. What's been, what let us down at the start of this this run where, like, where we've been sucking flat out? That it, it was that Mets series where we just can't win the uh, the Nola Wheeler games, you know, and then obviously Wheeler's injury and and uh, Anth- Sir Anthony's injury, and you know we've had a few injuries here, but that's no excuse. The, the guys that have been performing all season have stopped performing. I'm, I'm looking at Bilotti, you know, uh, Gibson got not Gibson. Uh, well, he sucks too, but uh, <laughs> I'm looking at uh, Syndergaard getting moved to the bullpen. It's like this is not work. What are we going to rely on Zach Eflin again? We really want to try that again? Bailey Falter. That is not right. That is not right. You know, we're going to get engulfed. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been bad. But I think this is kind of what, this is what I was expecting. You know, I was afraid to say this because the Phillies bullpen looked so good for so long. That's the weird thing. But We I, all knew it. Yeah, we all knew this was going to happen. Like, they were all going to fall back down to earth. We just didn't know if it would all be at the same time. And it or, was. It is. Yeah, it is at the same time. <laughs> Every Everyone single Everyone is crashing back down to reality. Bilotti, Nelson. Uh, How's Brad Hand doing? Don't talk to me. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Uh, Robertson hasn't even been that strong. Like, nothing's working. Why is Marsh the best uh, trade deadline acquisition? Why? Why is Brandon Marsh the crown jewel of the franchise? Didn't he get hurt? He did for a time. I think he's back. He's been back for a little while. So, yeah. Sorry if I've been uninformed about the Phillies. I have had other things to tend to. Yeah, you've uh, had you've got bigger fish to fry. Yeah, exactly. I do live a division titles and interesting. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I'm not worried about third place this year. So you're not? No, I'm not. I don't know. There's still time, buddy. There's still time. There's still time. There's like 13 games left. <laughs> After today, the Mets have three, five, eight, eleven. We have eleven games left. Oh, eight of them coming against the. Athletics, Marlins, and Nationals. So should be all wrapped up. Yeah, no, don't say that with the Mets. Who's the other three? The Braves. Yep, Atlanta. Dun, down, dun, dun. down at Truist. That's gonna oh, be the series of the year. 
Whoa! I'm gonna be sweating, sweating buckets for that one. Sweating um, buckets. We should, but I should uh, record your reaction live. Yeah, I will. I will be either fired and up for positive or negative. Deep center field. It's yeah, good. he did that to us last time in Atlanta. So uh, he does it, it to us every single time. Yeah, uh, it's time we shift focus though. Is an oh, one more thing though before we do. I caught myself. Judge sixty oh, home runs, yeah, yeah, yeah. one away from tying Maris, uh, and then two to break the single season home run record in the American League, uh, and that would be the Yankee record, too, because Maris did it for New York way back when. But, yeah, um, judges on pace for history, and there are two Triple Crown um, races to watch here, Judge and Goldschmidt still. These are still races that are very much uh, in line. Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt's not passing Schwartz. Uh, he is second in average. He's eight points by Freeman. That's going to be tough to make up. He is, yeah, five back of Schwarber, yeah. two back of Alonzo. It's not going to happen for Goldschmidt. Uh, he is not leading in any category, but for Judge, however, <laughs> wow. well, no, he's top three in everyone though. So I mean, that you do have to say it's a yeah, race, it's even possible. though he's top three. But Aaron Judge though leads DAL in home runs, RBIs, and has taken the lead in average. Yeah, so he took right the lead now, with his triple. Right now, Aaron Judge would have a triple crown. So don't mess it up fir- for the first time since Miguel Cabrera. So Aaron Judge is vying for history, and man, if he got the triple crown, that pay raise is going to be monumental. Um, for whatever team would yes, be willing sir. to do that, whether it be the Yankees. We've it's already heard early rumblings that the Mets could offer oh, a please, bid for Judge. No, no, so, no, but no, 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 I, no. I have my sights set for the Mets with their own internal free agents. <clears throat> Jacob deGrom opting out of his contract at season's end, which will happen. He confirmed that himself. So, good. Uh, in the meantime, I hope the Mets can get a World Series before Jacob deGrom may or may not leave New and York. before the Phils get uh, Trey Turner. So, yeah, he does want to come back east. He said it himself. Whether it be, you know, I think I think the Cardinals would be a great fit for Trey Turner. That's not East enough. Yeah, but it's it, it's no, close. It's not no, it's not. It's a it's different close. time zone by an hour. Yeah, points yeah, not that much. It's not not that much different. Really? And he would play in three of the four time zones. He'd have to true. go to Colorado to play in the fourth. But uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's just it, it's an interesting development, and that's going to be something we're going to have to watch all Please over the course turn of to the, the Phillies, season. Trey. But yeah, no, really don't want that. Actually, would love it. I mean, that mean, that would mean the two best shortstops would be in the NL East. Oh, I thought you were gonna say would be on the Phillies. I'm like, you think that highly of Bryson? Stop. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> not even close. Wow. Sorry, Bryson, you're up and coming, but you ain't even. close. He is to up and coming, man. I love me some Bryson. To stop. sniffing the best shortstops. Nah, two best shortstops are on the Philadelphia <laughs> Phillies. How about it? Yeah, no, not yes. true. What no. Mundo Sosa? Oh, dude, top three. Yeah, Mundo yeah, Mundo Sosa the GOAT. Dude, the That might be the one of the deadline. He's been raking lately. The umpire sniper himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that clip was I mean that umpire took it like a champ though. I'm not gonna lie. You see the Mennery call of that? No, oh, yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> Bob, Bob Mennery is a stud. I um, love Bob. Yeah, obviously can't play that on air. Because, no, uh, just a little bit. Just yeah, just a tad. Um, spins, spins, fires. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, that's where that's gonna have to be cut off. That's where we're gonna have to end it there. Yeah. But Mundo says, yeah, he's raking him and Marsh. Yeah, yeah, those two. Never thought I'd say those words, those two raking, but um we gotta go to NFL as we do have a time limit, unfortunately. But a great MLB discussion is always Mitch. We're gonna start off with Thursday night, and it's an AFC North showdown. These two teams uh, there's bad blood all around. No love lost between the Steelers and the Browns. Week three meeting. What you mean? And Cleveland using like weaponizing your football gear isn't 
Yeah, no. that's smacking not love? someone with a helmet. No, come on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, so. that was a Thursday night game too, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was. Yeah, Joe Buck was uh, on the call. I yeah. remember that. Second prime video broadcast with Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet uh, taking place in Cleveland, Ohio. And this is a big matchup for both teams. You know, it's going to be a gut check. How do these teams respond? Both took tough losses in week two. The Browns choking away a 13-point lead in a minute and 50 seconds at home uh, to, to, the <laughs> to, Jets, the Jets. to Joe Flacco and the Jets. So that really makes you take a look in the mirror. Yep. Uh, and then the Steelers, of course, had that dogfight at home in New England. Yep. Lost 17-14, and that offense, man, oh my God, that offense has been horrendous. You know, Matt Canada was, you know, doing a press, uh, you know, he was doing an interview with the media, and, you know, he was bringing out the excuses, you know, you see blah, 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 and it's just like, you know, where do the excuses end for this guy? You know, you have Najee Harris, you have some good playmakers, Deontay Johnson, uh, you know, Pat Fryermuth is a solid tight end, you got, you know, Claypool and Pickens, and they can do a variety of things, they're not the you know, those two, the latter two, are not the best receivers in the league, but they are solid guys, you know, that, that can make some plays for you. Uh, the pass blocking's been pretty good. Trubisky got sacked only twice against New England. Um, so, you know, what does it boil down to? I mean, the run blocking's been horrendous. Now boils Harris down is, to Mitchell himself. Yeah, boils down to Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, and I think we will see Kenny Pickett come week four. Just my gut wow. check feeling. Um, because how are you going to fix an offense that has problems through the air that's more than likely on the quarterback uh, in a shortened week, coming off of Sunday, playing now on a Thursday. Uh, and again, the Browns secondary isn't the best in the world, so Trubisky maybe could exploit that a little bit. But if you're not going to see it now, through the first three weeks, when are you going to see it from this guy? Trubisky, I, I said it from the out, I said it from the jump. Pickett's the better fit for this offense. He's younger, he can move a little bit, but he's able to stand in there under duress and make quick throws, get the ball out of his hand quickly. Uh, Trubisky looks like he's just nervous Nelly back there. You know, he's, uh, he's like, oh, uh, uh, it's like, you know, t- looks at his first read. It's like, and then he crumbles from there. It's like, it's like, it's watching a worse Carson Wentz. I'm like, oh my God. Oh man. Yeah. So, I mean, wow. My God. So yeah, you know, the excuse has got to run out. Canada's got to go. It's a dry offense. It's so predictable when you run like the five same plays, everyone's going to see what's coming. And it, it, it's just. It's a joke. It, you have to call it what it is. The Steelers' offense right now is an absolute joke. Uh, if I'm a defense, I'm saying, oh, we got to play these guys this week. Yes, sir. Uh, just stack the box, make Trubisky beat him with your arm. It's probably not going to happen. Uh, so, again, it's it's just bad offense from the Steelers. Might uh, I suggest Deontay Johnson a yeah. little bit more? I, and that's a great point. That's a great point because I think Pickett, if you're a fantasy owner of Johnson or Harris or any of these guys— it will increase their value because Pickett's going to be able to get the ball out of his hands quicker and get these guys in space. They can't do that right now. They can't scheme up ways to get their playmakers out in space and be able to make plays. It just doesn't happen. Um, so Some strong feelings about the Steelers here come from, coming from Jack Heim. Yeah, because it's frustrating. I watch them on a weekly basis. So I know. It's just well, it's, it's terrible. The, and both of these teams coming off these uh, gut-wrenching week twos and these Kind of gut turning week one wins where uh, Cleveland had to, they both had to win it on a last second field goal. Yeah, you had to grind it out. You had to grind it out against, uh, well, two bad looking teams right now, Panthers and uh, Cincinnati. Yeah. I mean, how about Cincinnati? My, no, my, my man. We'll, we'll get to them. We will get to them. But I mean, these teams are in very similar situations wins and then losses in very close games, all decided by three points or less. And um, we're, we're going to see who's. You know, does this qualify as a tank bowl? I don't think so, because these teams, I think, are trying to win, actually, even though neither are in a position to do so. Um, Personally, if I had to go with a team to to sort it out, I mean, oh, I don't know. This is disgusting. It's like, like, do I trust 
Brissett to take advantage of a secondary with Amari Cooper, or or do I think Trubisky finally finds Deontay Johnson? Uh, personally, I lean toward... Um, I, I don't even know, because Cleveland does have a good running attack as well. Um, Flip the coin. Who you got? That, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'll see who you got first, and then I'll... I'll discuss my pick's pretty simple Is i got cleveland and cleveland yep i have the browns uh and for one reason one reason only um the steelers pass rush looked drastically different against new england without tj watt very and new, true and new england is not a world beater offensive line by any stretch of the imagination it's a very run-of-the-mill group uh you know they have some veterans there but they're not guys who you're like oh man i'm gonna have a tough day matching up with this guy um so yeah it, it's just a very frightening concern that you're going up against a better offensive line in Cleveland. They have one of the better offensive lines in football. If you couldn't get a pass rush on them, how are you going to get a pass? If you can get a pass rush on New England, I should say, how are you going to get get a pass rush on Brissett in Cleveland? I think it'd be a long day for Pittsburgh because, you know, the Browns can just chew the clock. They can run the ball with Nick Chubb. He's a workhorse back. He can do that. You can get Kareem Hunt out in space in the receiving game. Uh, and then, of course, Mari Cooper can do his damage on the outside. So, uh, I don't like the matchup here. It's coming off a short week. I'm not really sure what the feeling is in the in the in the locker room there in Pittsburgh. I I just don't like what I see. Uh, the outlook is not good for me. I like the Browns in a bounce back. It's going to be a tight game. It always is between these two teams. Absolutely. But I have Cleveland. It's going to be a gross tight game. The over under is 38 and a half. Yeah, I think it's going to be like a 20 to 17 type of game. Maybe 17, 37. Mm, that would be 30 points. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, going to be think... one of those grindy games. You know, it's going to take a couple field goals. It's going to you know. I think one team's only going to score a touchdown apiece, maybe. Wow. Yeah, it's just not going to be an offensive matchup. Wow, okay. I think it's just going to be two very bleh offenses going at it. Yeah, I, I can't help but agree with you. I will. Um, I, I think what separates these teams is the ability to actually run the ball. Uh, like, and Brissett's a better quarterback. Well, is he? Is he really? I mean, he doesn't turn. I mean, Trubisky didn't turn the ball over Trubisky either. hasn't turned the ball over. No, he did throw an interception last week. Yeah, he did. Oh, okay. Yeah, but... I don't know. Again, these guys are just two game managers. That's what they are. They 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 don't do anything great. They're not horrendous. Yeah. They're just eh. I I Where do you go with this match? Something tells me uh where where's the game being played? In, in Cleveland? Cleveland. Yeah. Something tells me it's it's Cleveland. But I'm gonna go against my better judgment and pick Pittsburgh. You had me writing B for Brown. I hate Pittsburgh, out, by the so. way. But I think they finally realized, oh! Is that your upset of the week? We have a man named Deontay Johnson on our team, and he can go get the football. Is that your upset of the week? Uh, Depends on who's favored. Cleveland's favored by... Flavored. Flavored. Cleveland is favored by four and a half. Ooh. Well, it might be my upset. That's an upset of the week. I don't know if it's the upset of the week. We'll figure that out by the time we move through these matchups. On to the next. On to Cincinnati. We're going to go a little bit quicker. Um, We could start with Bengals-Jets. Let's do... (laughs) I was just going for the... I mean, we could. For the line. Let's do it. Bengals-Jets. Sure. Bengals-Jets. take the Bengals on this In one. New York, Bengals, fav- Bengals favored excuse me, by five. Despite uh, the worst record. So you have Cincinnati. <laughs> I got Cincinnati. I got the 0-2 Bengals. I tell you what, my man. This is my upset of the week. Oh! <laughs> Give me the Jets. I was going to go with New York last week no, to beat the Browns. Did I was going to beat. I was going to pick the Jets to beat the Browns in Cleveland last week. I thought it. Um, I was like, you know what? I do trust the Browns a little bit more. But Joe Flacco showed me a little something last Unreal. week. Unreal. Joe Flacco showed no, me didn't. a little something last week uh, that he made the throws he need to needed to when the time was right. I like this Jets defense. It's going to be an interesting matchup to watch Sauce Gardner against uh, Jamar Chase. Uh, interesting not to see even how they can close. neutralize it. <laughs> um, yeah, give me the Jets. Come upset on. of the week. Bengals to cover. 
Bengals to cover. Interesting. We're going to go to Chi-Town. It's the Bears and the Texans. Who has ever called it Chi-Town? That's what it's called. <laughs> I don't even know which one you're referring to. I mean, probably not Chicago. Oh, I was yeah. going to say probably not because that's the Windy City. Chi-Town? Yeah. Windy City, Chi-Town, Chicago. Chicago. Many of names. Chicago. <laughs> I'm calling this city Chicago. Yeah, so Brown, Browns, my goodness. Come on. Bears, Texans. Pardon my Ooh. my mistake there. Another bad yeah, another up. another absolutely gross match. Uh, I mean, no barns will be burned in the making of this football game. Yeah. So <laughs> Davis Mills and crew travel to the Windy City to play Justin Fields and the Bears. And the Texans defense isn't pretty good to start. They have limited two what were projected to be solid offenses to sub twenty point days. I don't. Russell Wilson kind of sucks. Yeah, Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett, and Broncos. Man, it, Broncos country. It's a mess. Is what Broncos it is. country. It died. Yeah, I mean maybe. So, yeah. Um, in this one, I got to I got to go to Bears. You know, they had go a Bears. They had a good rushing attack in the second half against Green Bay. I see that continuing. Uh, in this one, uh, I don't think it's going to be you know Lake Michigan type conditions in Chicago for this <laughs> one. But yeah, I think I think the Bears get the edge. You know, maybe does, is this a Darnell Mooney breakout week? Because he's had two horrendous. That's games. what I'm thinking. Like, you know? can they get this guy involved? Can they efficiently get their wide receivers involved? Is what I'm wondering for the Bears. That's my only question. I think the Bears are the better team. They've looked better through the first two weeks. I like Chicago to win because they're at home. Mm. I was gonna pick Houston to go uh, upset them. I think the Bears are favored, right? Yes, Bears by two and a half. Um, that's it's a close game, but you can put it on the board. The Bears. The Bears. Bears. The Bears. Okay, going down to Nashville. Titans and Raiders. This is going to be our last game before the break that we're going to preview a little bit. These are two teams in desperation mode. 0-2. Oh, it's going to be wounded animal mode for these two teams. Panic they they need They need a win. If one of these two teams falls to 0-3, it's not looking good for their playoff chances. And, oh my goodness, seeing what's being put through the window right what now. What is Very it? interesting. Describe it. Um, Charles Boyd. Um, who is Charles Boyd? It's a musician who has interesting music, to okay. say the least. Can't play it on air. But, oh, oh. Yeah. And who's who's putting this man in our window? Yeah, Abby Riggs. And Abby Jake. Riggs. So, interesting crew right We're now. We're making the, radio in here, folks. Yeah, interesting crew in the production room right now. Um, but anyway, back to football. Uh, Raiders Titans 0-2. Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, they've had some connection in the first two weeks, but it's been on and off. Yeah. And, you know, for Mike Vrabel, I expect this group to come out hungry. They need to go. Uh, they've gotten two very bad losses to start the season. They're at home. Can Ryan Tannehill settle in? Can they get Derrick Henry going on the ground? Right now, I'm not really scared of any of the Titans' wideouts. I'm not scared of their passing game. I'd stack eight in the box against Henry all day, make it prove that they can throw it. Uh, and, I'll go first. I'll go first. Yeah. This is a pretty simple one. The Raiders! Raiders favored by two and a half. You know what, Mitch? I'm going to join you in that. Uh, we're both going Raiders Adams on the road. Adams is going to... He's going to do his thing. Josh Jacobs is finally going to get going a little bit. And the Titans just look awful. I was disgusted by what I saw on Monday night. They still making the I stuck my neck out for you guys, and I got burned. You did. You did. There's time to turn it around, but they have not looked remotely close to good through the first two weeks. We're going to take it's our only second break of the first hour here on Heavy Hitters. When we come back, more preview of NFL Week 3. Stick with us. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters, everybody. I'm Jack Heim alongside Mitchell Smedley, Ooh, the Bucks County Was that a little twang? Kid. Was that a little twang in Jack's voice? Mitchell Smedley. He slipped into some Gus Johnson kid. after that, but I heard we're back on heavy hitters. We're back on heavy hitters. <laughs> That's Mitchell Smedley. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. In his truck. <laughs> T-E-R-U-K, truck. 
Redneck Rush Hour, Fridays at 5. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was a quick little free promo in there for you. Buddy. <laughs> we already had one. That was nice. That was smooth. Yeah, we did have the SBA for yeah. you. So. That was smooth, though. Thank you. Would you look at that? Okay, keeping on, keeping on, as the saying goes. We both picked the Raiders in our last matchup before oh, our Raiders. break. Uh, we're going to go to Indianapolis. Oh, it's the 2-0 God. Chiefs, the 0-1-1 Colts, and wow. I mean, barn burner alert. Barn burner alert? <laughs> Maybe. Um, yeah, I think it is. I mean, this one does not look good. Two teams who've looked completely different coming out of the gates. Do we see a new look Colts team in week three? No. Or do we see more of the same? No, we do not. Yeah, I, I would agree. I'm going Kansas City, and it's going to be not close. This is going to be a... Uh, this is going to be a... a little homage to what the Bills just did to the Titans. This is not going to be close. Yeah. Uh, I would love to find a way to disagree with you. I really which, just can't. Which means, Jack, which means I've picked the uh, the Bears to beat the Texans, the Colts to lose, and the Titans to lose. Does Jacksonville? Are well, they going to widen their, their lead in the division? Probably not based on who they play, but we'll get to them a little bit. Yeah. They, they play in the 4 o'clock slate. Our game of the week. Our game of the week. Our game of the week. We're going to da, South da, Beach. Da, 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 da. It is the Bills da, 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 da. and the Dolphins. Oh, man. 2-0. 2-0. Strength versus strength. Firepower versus firepower. Both on the offensive side. Divisional who matchup, comes out Jack. on top? Oh. Josh Allen. Stephon Diggs. Tua. Hill and Waddle. Hale and Waddle? Hill. Oh, oh. Hill and Waddle. <laughs> I'm like, that's not one of those HJs, buddy. Yeah. Hill and Waddle, uh, the, best Hale and wide, Waddle. the best wide receiver duo in football. Um, they get to go. Uh, do we see Gabe Davis back? Not sure. We'll see his status. But, I mean, yeah. it's if, if I'll the, go first. If Stephon Diggs can keep doing what he's doing, man. Whew. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. That's, what he's go- that's what's going to happen. This is going to be This is going to be great because... The Bills, the Bills are Super Bowl bound, lovely listener. And the, the <laughs> Dolphins are frauds. Wow. Whoa. That is a big time for Mitchell Smedley. This is going to be, this is going to be two scores. Wow. This really? is going to be two scores. Buffalo is favored by six going into this one. Bills, baby. Bills. I the join, Bills. I will join you, man. Bills Mafia. I got the Bills. This one's going to be a shootout. Um, I don't. Forty-two, thirty-eight. Buffalo wins it. Wow. Miami covers. No. But the Bills win. It's gonna be. It's gonna be an offense. The Bills showdown. defense is better than you're giving. Tennessee scored seven. Yeah, but the Dolphins' offense is way better seven. than Tennessee. Okay, but are they thirty-one points better? I think not. You have to also look where the game's being played. In Miami, hot, hot day in Miami. It's that gonna means, be. I, I don't care. I don't care. I, look, I think the Bills win either way. Oh, but dude. I think it's just going to be I don't know. I think the I think the Bills will be able to have an answer for Tyree Kill because they've seen him so much over recent years. But with exactly. Waddle with Waddle being paired with Hill, with all the attention potentially going to Tyreek, how are we going to be able to spread out the uh the the load on these two? Because you know, this is a game where Tredavious White not being there for Buffalo is absolutely huge. That is true. Bills defense a little banged up, but I still think it's 34 34- 24. Yeah. You know, does Micah Hyde play in this game? He's Ooh. one of the biggest safeties for that duo, Jordan Poyer and Hyde. If Hyde doesn't play, it's going to make the job of this Miami offense that much easier in oh, terms yeah. of Waddle if, and If Hill Hyde doesn't play, this could Hill. really be a Dolphin win here. Yeah. So, again, you know, you have to look at the the external factors playing into this one. 
I still do think the Bills find a way to overcome some of the injury issues and win this game, but it's going to be a close one. And we're going to see a lot more of the same from this Dolphins offense. You know, Mike McDaniel's got this group firing on all cylinders in the first two weeks of the season. Yes. And, you know, I think they find a way to to get to this Bills defense a little bit. You know, the Bills have had some trouble with some high-powered offenses in your past. Just look at Kansas City. This is a new year. They held the Rams to 10. They did. But Come that on. Ram, but that Rams Let me offense, bring you back down to earth. Yeah, but that yeah. Rams offense without OBJ did not look the same in week one. They, they put up like 34. Or 31, whatever. They put up 31. The, yes. yes, dude. Yes. Come on. Let me let me bring you back down to earth here. Let's start with that defense. Held the uh, held the opponent to 10 and seven. One of those opponents is good, the other is not. That that's still that's consistency over two weeks. As much as you could ask for, they gave me 18 and 22 fantasy points respectively. The uh, here's the other thing. The Bills are a smarter team than the Ravens. The Ravens from from my friend who threw the sandwich at a sign. Uh, the Ravens apparently at were putting rookie corners one on one against Tyreek Hill and were surprised when he was sixty yards down the field in the end zone. Yeah, the Bills are Why? not going to do that. Why the Bills that? are a smarter team than this. They, like you said, they've played him on the Chiefs, right? Well, you know, we saw how that go with him, you know, putting up the the hand sign as he's running around people into the end zone in the NFC, uh, not AFC championship, the uh, divisional round. So it's hard to guard Tyreek Hill. But I think they still get it done much better than Baltimore did. Um, Buffalo has equally, if not more, a high-powered offense than Baltimore. And and once they they have showed that once they get out to a big three-score lead, they don't just stop. They keep going. And I think Balt, uh, not Baltimore, Buffalo is really going to bury them. Uh, Miami scores not as much, though. I think, it, like I said, 34-24. Buffalo 3-0 and in route to Super Bowl 57. Wow. I mean, I, I agree. I think the Bills do ultimately end up in that game when it's all said and done. But, yep, I think they're going to win. It's going to be a tight one this week, though. We're going to keep on moving in our 1 o'clock slate games. Lions traveling up to play the Vikings. Another divisional game. Divisional showdown. Both teams sit at 1-1. One and one. Jared Goff, Amon Ross, St. Brown looked really good last week against the Commanders at home. But, again, you're going into a tough environment to play in Minnesota. You know, they embarrassed the Packers there week one. And then they got embarrassed by the Birds. Yes, they did. But I think they find a way to bounce back. We find a middle ground from this Vikings team. They do have enough, though, at home to beat the Lions. I you think so? Yes, sir. Yeah, I think the uh, I think the Eagles' defense is so much more supreme than the Lions. Justin Jefferson gets back on his horse. Uh, even Adam Thielen finds some, some ground here. And Dalvin Cook just runs all over, I think. We saw what the Eagles' rushing attack did in week one against these Lions. Four separate rusher, rushers scoring. Uh, Miles Sanders with those 96 yards. Dalvin Cook is better than Miles Sanders. Um, I, I just think it's a, a, you know, a really good Vikings win. It is divisional, so, you know, 27-17, 27-20. Uh, you're looking at that region where it's never out of the question that the Lions are in the game, but it never really feels like the uh, Vikings are going to give it up. Yeah, absolutely. I fully agree with you there. Moving on, Ravens-Patriots up in Foxborough. Can New England build on a big week two win in the Steel City? And no, the Ravens cannot. Do the Ravens find a way to respond after that gut-wrenching loss at home to the hands of Tua and the Dolphins? Lamar Jackson looked phenomenal in this game. He is that offense. Uh, I mean, fantasy cheat code, must I say, oh. and I love that I have him this year, man. Whew. That, that week two performance, Lamar, keep doing that. Please. That was something special. Sign me up. Yes, it was. And it was a special game to watch if you caught any of it. But now both these teams got to move on. I do think the Ravens find a way to bounce back. I think, you know, 
I don't know. I just don't like New England. I'm not sold that the. Me neither. That, you know, they didn't They're impress a bad me. Team. They didn't impress me with the way they beat Pittsburgh. They, you know, they, they should have slammed the door on them. Absolutely. They, they sh- it game. should not have been a three point game the way Pittsburgh was playing. Agreed. Agreed. So I'll take Baltimore pretty comfortably, ten or more points. It's going to be easy. I and then a shocking upset: New England wins twenty-eight to seven. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Imagine that. That would be oh man bonkers. Speaking of, uh, you know, crazy potential games, uh, divisional games in the NFC East always throw you. This is not going to be a crazy game. I don't think so either. But it's the Carson Wentz revenge game. They always have that potential. Ask me how the the Russell Wilson and the Baker Mayfield revenge games went this year. Oh yeah, Carson Wentz is about to get schnocked, (laughs) schnocked. Bold wording there for Mitchell. Darius Smiley. Slay is going to make it. Never, I can't finish that sentence. Yep. Yeah, you. I, I had a feeling where you're going to go with that. You cannot. Before we get into our Eagles Commanders <laughs> breakdown, read a though. Notebook. KUR Notebook message. Attention, KU community. October 3rd through October 7th marks the It's On Us Fall Week of Action. Multiple workshops will take place that week, such as the Step Up Bystander Intervention Workshop hosted by Director of Health Promotions, Fran Cortez Funk. You will not want to miss these informative events. This message of community interest brought to you by the Radio Voice of Coastal University, KUR. Welcome back to Aviators, everybody. I'm Jack Hahn alongside Mitchell Smedley all on the Radio Voice of Coastal University, KUR. Coastal Town, 1670 AM. Tune in on places like my tuner or tune in. Tune in. Tune in so, on tune in. Tune in on tune in. Yes, That's absolutely. Tune in radio for those not in the know. Yes, sir. Jack is struggling to put the link in his bio. I am. I'm trying to, you know. He'll get there. I'll get there. I'll figure it out. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> This is not about my technical difficulties, though. This is about the NFL. Carson Wentz getting slate. schnocked. Yeah, as you, That's as what you this ordered is it, about. Carson Wentz getting schnocked. It's going to be the uh, the one game in my life that I will be happy to see Wentz lose. Yeah, Eagles commanders down at the ever-so-beautiful FedEx field. Dude, over-under, one-and-a-half railings collapse. Over-under, one-and-a-half one water leakages at the stadium. <laughs> so, yeah, FedEx field is... For the better part of it, respectfully, um, in shambles a little bit. A little infrastructure problems, but (laughs) Dan Snyder will get those figured out, maybe. (laughs) Potentially, I don't know. Um, Anyway. It's Dan Snyder. Yeah, (laughs) it's Dan Snyder. I think enough's been said. But uh, Eagles Commanders, it's not going to be close. Eagles by a million. Oh, Uh, man. Yeah. A million and three. Not much. Not much more to that. Carson Wentz over under two interceptions. Oh. Oh. I I think Carson Wentz equals primetime Kirk Cousins. I'm going to go over three. Not like over three, like over comma, because it's three, which is more than two. The only reason I wasn't saying anything is because I was writing down both of our picks. See, that's dead air, and that's bad for our show Yeah, dead air is bad for for radio. Very sorry Did you not attend the meeting yesterday? (laughs) I was. There. (laughs) (laughs) Physically. Dude, it was already bad enough, and then you just, you're like, you know what? (laughs) Gotta cover my bases. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) Oh, this is fantastic. I love this show. I'm having fun. I'm having fun. Rounding out the 1 o'clock slate, Saints-Panthers-NFC South Showdown. Yeah. Saints favored by three. I don't care. Jameis Winston could have eight fractures in his back in this one. I think, um, you know, no, that's not something to to joke about, though, in all seriousness. Jameis Winston. Be better, I know. Feel better and all that good stuff. But I do have the Saints winning this one. Carolina falls to 0-3. They're not good. Mm. Matt Rule needs to be fired. He will at season's end. And, yeah, Baker Mayfield's not the answer. That's all I got. What's the line on the game? Minus three for New Orleans. Okay. That's, see, I was actually going to consider this my upset of the week when I first saw the slate, but then I thought about it. And I've gotten burned so many times saying, the Panthers are going to surprise some people, man. No, they're not. 
No, they're not. It's going to be a four to six point New Orleans victory. In a big easy. Bold prediction from loyal viewer of the show. Carson Wentz has zero picks. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. That is, dude. That's bold. That's not how Carson Wentz rolls. Yeah, he rolls by throwing interceptions. He purchases his touchdowns by downpaying with interceptions. Yeah, so interesting take there. Yeah, we both got the Saints, uh, I believe. So Unfortunately. I will log that We're picking down. a lot of the same teams. Yeah, we are. But it's kind of that week. It's kind of just like a lot of, yeah. kind of, a lot of meh. What's the only difference, Steelers-Browns? Uh, Steelers, Browns, and Jets, Bengals. Oh yeah, because you have the upset of the upset of the week. <laughs> Those are baby. our upsets. And, upset uh, of the week, bro. Wait, I love wait, you. Wait, wait, wait. Will this be your one? We'll get to the, what you you say what you're going to say first, then I'll go into. I, I love you, but the Jets are not winning that football game. Look, and going through this late, yeah, it does. In look my like heart the Steelers of hearts, are going to be my upset. In my week. heart of hearts, the Bengals will probably win. That's the fun of the upset. But I just want to pick the ba- the Jets because. You know, they were able to pull off a stunner in Cleveland. Do they keep it up? I don't know. I don't know. Let's move on to force. We'll find out Sunday. Four o'clock slate. Jags traveling out to SoFi Stadium to take on Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Keenan Allen scheduled to return for this one. Big get for the Chargers. Uh, That makes this offense a lot more scary. And, yeah, uh, Chargers go out playing playing angry. Uh, You know, tough loss in Kansas City. They come back home and they play a... Lackluster Undefeated Jags Jacksonville Jaguars. One and one. Oh, well, still undefeated. Oh, wait. I thought they tied. Who tied Houston? Colts. Uh, Jags fell at the hands of... Uh, I confused my bad AFC South teams. I'm sorry. It's yeah, a blur to me who Jacksonville, Jacksonville uh, lost to Carson Wentz and his two picks. Yes, that's it. Perfect. Thank you, Mitch. The wow. commandus. I had an absolute brain fart. That's in why I'm right here, there. Jack. Yeah, keep me in line. I live to serve. Are you going with the Chargers? I uh, I am going. I briefly thought about upside of the week. No, but it's the Chargers. The yeah, Chargers. It's the Chargers. Chargers. Come Go on, man. We're going out to the desert. Rams cards. NFC West showdown. Oh, Impressive baby. comeback in Las Vegas last week for oh, the Redbirds. Oh, but for the Rams... I know what you're going to do. You know what I'm going to do. It's going to be your upset of the week, isn't it? You, <laughs> What's the line? Minus three and a half for LA. That's it? Yep. Okay. Let's have a little talk. Let's, let's have a little let's talk. Let's have a little discussion. I don't like the way you're saying that. <laughs> uh, no, I. every logical piece of me tells Rams. I may reconsider by the end of the show. I'll think about it during the college talk. Right now I'm going to go with the Rams, but this is on my radar for upset alert. I'm going to put an asterisk next, next to your Rams pick. Yeah. So we both go Rams. I think it's not close. I think Cooper Cup absolutely shreds this defense to pieces. Uh, it's going to be a wood chippering, I think. Uh, a what? Uh, sorry, rephrase? Wood chippering, yeah. They're going to just – the Rams are going to take take the Cardinals. What be the shivering of the Timbers? Yeah. They, they're going to they're gonna bamboozle them. <laughs> <laughs> bamboozle? Bamboozle yeah. means steal. That would be the Cards bamboozling the Rams. No, yeah. They're going to leave that secondary. The Rams are going to leave the Cardinals secondary feeling a little uh, little puzzled after this one. A little parched. So, yeah. Um, give me the Rams. They're going to cover, and they're going to win pretty big, I think. Huge. Uh, in a rather mismatch of a matchup in my mind. I just don't believe what the Cardinals are selling, honestly. I don't buy it. Um, Falcon Seahawks, another oh my, uh, another black matchup. Do does Marcus Mariota get his first win? Yes, in the Falcons he uniform? does. Wow. Let's go Falcons! You're gonna go with a little upset, Atlanta. 
Just as long as, as long as the Seahawks do not get out to a big lead, specifically twenty-eight to three, <laughs> the Falcons, or no, I'm sorry, as long as Atlanta, I'm sorry, as long as Atlanta does not get out to a big lead, it it would have to be in come from behind fashion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just don't make it twenty-eight-three. If you're going down the field, it's twenty-one-three, and you're about to score. Let's get just guys. Ball in the football, kick, kick the, the field, field goal. goal. Kick the field goal, absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, Falcons, Seahawks. <laughs> they should they should do pretty well. Drake one. London's going to have his first, you know, really you got huge Atlanta? game. You got Atlanta. Seahawks are at home. 12th man's going to be out and about. 12th man is so overrated. Give me Seattle. Give me a break. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're going with Geno? <laughs> Give me Geno Smith at home. Okay, Only Geno Smith at home. Not you're going on the against the mobile Marcus Mariota. The dynamic Drake London. But we got to cut out, Mitch. I will let you get back to the second hour. We got to cut out. We will be back. Second hour of heavy hitters, fully wrapping up our NFL Week 3 preview. Stay with us. Mitchell Smedley on the mic. Jack Heim on the mic and board and paper, writing down our picks. As we progress through NFL Week 3, we are talking about Falcons, Seahawks. I am preaching the Mariota gospel currently for one week and one week only. Uh, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, a hungry Kyle Pitts. Uh, They're going to tear up the Seattle Debits. Man, he's done nothing. Legion of Boom. Kyle, Kyle Pitts has done nothing through the first two weeks. Nothing. Hungry. He's not a, He's due. Is he? He's Or is due. he just not that or good? Or is, is Kyle Pitts washed, says <laughs> Jack High? Has Kyle Pitts overrated? <laughs> I don't know. Um, oh, man. No. Grab me a cigar. No, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. No. Oh no. No, sir. No, sir. We no. do not promote. Never. No. 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 Um anyway. <laughs> it's definitely not like I don't play a uh a or do a country radio show where basically every song says, Grab me a beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um yes. Yes. Yes, Never. yes, and yes. Packers Bucks, <laughs> Packers and Buccaneers, four twenty five, the Fox game of the week. That'd That's going to be a good one. Kevin Burkhardt and crew will travel down to Tampa Bay. Rodgers, Brady. Both these teams, you know, very different Suck. Different, both these teams suck. Different, d- differentiating starts for both these squads. Packers got wiped clean in week one by Minnesota. They got bamboozled. <laughs> Before bouncing back at home in week two on Sunday night football against the Chicago Bears, oh, Bears. who Aaron Rodgers owns. So <laughs> what else is new? Did, yeah, what else is new? As Mike Tirico Mike Tirico. Said. So, yes. Contrast that with the Buccaneers who came out schnocking the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, they they absolutely took it game. to them, man. Yeah, absolutely owned that game. Yeah. Um, Come on, skip. Come on, Skip. <laughs> and then uh, proceeded to grind one out against the New Orleans Saints till the end uh, when they opened it up a little bit. Uh, but, you know, 2-0, and 1-1. Uh, do, we, do we see the uh, records even out here, Jack? I'm going to go. Pack go. I'm going with the Packers to, uh, you know, bring down this, this injury-riddled Buccaneers team. Yeah, the Bucs are 2-0, but it has not been cleaned by any stretch of the imagination. I think the Packers find a way to build off of this. I think their offense is going to play good. They're going to get yeah. the ball to Aaron Jones in the, in the receiving game. A.J. Dillon will be able to pound the rock down in the red zone. It's going to be tough, you know, grind out kind of game, but I got the pack in a 100%. tight one, 23-20. We've got to look at the uh, the Buccaneers offense because I think the Packers are good for 20, 24 points. Uh, meanwhile, the Buccaneers, I mean, the, Mike Evans, his suspension is held up today. Uh, so he will miss one week, that being this week. Uh, Julio, Godwin, not expected to play. 
Um, and, you know, it's going to be the Fournette show. Russell uh, Gage will be their top receiver. Russell Gage week. followed by Scotty Miller. Yeah. Who the uh, Was that the Packers that kind of screwed up against him? Yes, yeah. yeah Kevin so. King let him go in the slot all the way for a <laughs> touchdown right before the end of the half. How about that? Wow. Terrible. So uh, One of the many Packers miscues in recent NFC Championship games, oh, but we're not going to go down that wow. rabbit hole today. Definitely yeah. not talking about any blocked punts or, or anything uh, of the sort. Yeah, or time management miscues. No. no Definitely not, not. Aaron Rodgers, man. Aaron Rodgers. Do the uh, the, the two A.A. Rons get it done again? <laughs> Rodgers and Jones uh, marching up and down the uh, the field here on this Bucks D. Uh, I think it's a close game, no doubt. Uh, but I'll give me the Packers uh, 24-20. Yeah, or I said 2017, you know? Yeah, I said 23 20. Very similar scoring predictions. We're going to go to our Sunday night game between when two I'm teams. Dead for Sunday night. There you go, Mitch. Mitch yeah, is man. Carrie Underwood. I'm basically, they actually had me. You do were her those stunt double. promos. Yeah, right? you were her, uh, you know, her backup. I was the vocalist. backup vocals, you know. Yeah, backup vocalist. You hear the people in the back. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, that's, oh, that's, oh, that's Mitch. Oh, that's he was me. carrying the weight. It was just one person doing that. They yeah. just echoed it out. It was volunteer work. I needed some hours for KUR. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did that count as an event? Got to get the events done, yeah, man. Did that count? So I don't know. You have to get in contact with Regs. I'll talk. I don't think Regs knows about it yet. Yeah. No. So. No. Not yet. Well, it's now it was out of the no- kindness of my heart. Well, it's now known to many across the land. <laughs> yeah. Here on this beautiful Wednesday. Yeah. Here at Cutstown, but. Yes, um, yeah, we, we both agree that Green Bay is the pick for that one. Sunday night football, Mike Tirico, Chris Collinsworth will be traveling to the Mile High City, Denver, Colorado. It's the Niners and the Broncos going at it. Uh, and a team that Russell Wilson's been very familiar with over the course of his career, the San Francisco 49ers, he will now just be taking them on in a, U, in a new orange uniform. Yeah, so uh, I'll let you go first for this one, Jack. Who do you got in these... Uh, well, it's a it's a Garoppolo offense now. Well, it could go the Niners' way, but but I mean, it also could go Denver's way. Oh, so, yeah, man, I know what you're doing. Yeah, so I mean, it's uh, it's, it's it's a tough one, man. It really could go either way. It's a Garoppolo know, offense. It's an injury riddled uh, and really underwhelming Broncos. Yeah, I mean, Nathaniel Hackett's tenure at Denver has been a absolute mess. That was a beautiful rhyme. Yeah, His tenure in Denver. Tenure in Denver is poof, wow. One word is uh, his tenure in Denver has been in Denver has been nothing short of a mind bender. Yeah, wow. R- play on words there, rhyming one on one. But yeah. um, I am in yeah. a creative writing class. So there you go, Mitch. That's where I come your, from. Showing up your skills. Yeah, um, man. But uh, yeah, I mean, woof. Pick how, it. How come the, on. How do the Broncos get this thing back on track? Um, it's just it's chaos. The one word to describe Denver for the first two weeks is chaos. They're one and one. They narrowly beat Houston in a very sloppy game. It was just not good. And more more bad play calling, bad time management. It's just when do we see these things get better? For a team that had a lot of hype going into the into the season, the first two weeks have had our expectations fall well short of what we hoped. Uh, you know, and, and they are one and one. They have a chance to make it two and one. They're at home. Is this the week we see Russ click? Uh, cook, don't you mean? Yeah. Lo- Did we see Russ cook? Do we see Russ cook? Do we finally see Broncos country let's ride being applicable to this team? Maybe. I don't know. Um, but before I get my pick in, oh, he's going to delay from the KUR notebook. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Attention to KU community. The Women's Center and the LGBTQ Plus Resource Center are joining the Community Outreach Center and Kutztown Votes. For National Voter Registration Day, a civic holiday celebrating our democracy. Stop in room 218 of the McFarland Student Union on Tuesday, September 20th 
from 11 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. for information on voter registration and where PA candidates stand on LGBTQ plus and reproductive rights. This message of community interest is brought to you by the Radio Voice of Christian University, KUR. Unfortunately for me, uh, that was yesterday. So that had already come wow. and gone. Hmm. Um, yeah. Well, if you had to go, hope you hope you enjoyed it. Hope and, you went there and, and were if able you to participate. If you didn't, if you still wanted to, you could probably find someone there to ask about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Even cliff notes. Unfortunately, that is the awkward part of the show. That's not that's not your fault, Jack. I realize that should have been removed from the after. folder. Yeah. It's all um, good. Interesting. Um, I blame Josh. I have, <laughs> wow. No, Direct blame one person. No, no, no. no. Honestly, I, I blame myself. Yeah, not sure whose responsibility that is. Could be <laughs> mine. I'm not really fully sure of that. But is that the program director? I don't know. I don't know who's taking care of notebooks. Who knows? But, yeah, who knows? The station has never been in better form. Yes, tip top shape. <laughs> we are uh, well oiled yeah. machine. This one's where you just stand there and go, and you know, scratch your head a little. Well, it's it's so. only it's only September. It's okay. It's only. The twenty first night of September. September. Yeah, the, oh. the kinks will get ironed out. But um, yeah, yeah. For my pick, though, finally getting to it. Uh, I can, I can wait no longer. I <laughs> will. <laughs> I was going to let you just keep going on there, but after <laughs> much exaggeration and waiting, I will be going with the San Francisco 49ers oh! to win this game. Jimmy G travels on this on the road, and the Niners go to 2-1. and one. Okay. Well, I believe Dan and Shay said it best. Give me Sky Colorado. I'm taking Denver at home. Russ cooks, baby. Russ will cook. Russ, let Russ Feast. Believe me, wow. believe me. I, I was tossed. Up. I was. It was a toss up. For this me. is a quite toss up game. I'm a Jimmy Garoppolo believer. Uh, I think it's going to take um, a week for him to really get going here. So I think this is the transition week after the. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I think it's going to take one more week because he already had kind of a week. So um, as usual, I'm just rambling. But I mean, Cortland Sutton. He has the potential to take over a game, as we saw. And uh, I really think uh, we're gonna we're gonna see that you know Williams and Gordon, great running back duo. Uh, the 49ers do not have that. They have Jeff Wilson, and that's about it because they just can't keep their running backs healthy, unfortunately. So give me the uh, give me Denver in a low scoring, uh, low low scoring competitive game. But Denver's just able to control the clock, control the field better. And uh, I think that's it's going to be one of these field position games for a little while before it gets opened up a little toward the end. Absolutely. Uh, I would agree. I think the Broncos' rushing game needs to control this one in order for them to win. Uh, but for San Francisco, I mean, yeah, they just got to get the receivers in space. I think Ayuk and Samuel can make a lot of big plays. Exactly. Um, you know, this Denver defense did look a little vulnerable at times last week, you know, across the middle of the formation. And I think that's something the Niners can certainly exploit uh, in this one. So we vary. On the Sunday night football game, it's we will time. see how that will uh, uh, pan out, and we will react to it on our Monday show. They really were going all in for this uh, this Russell Wilson Broncos country let's ride thing because two primetime games in the first three weeks, Absolutely. and he looked like trash on the first one. So a little bit of Russ redemption in order, I think. Possibly, we're going to go to the Monday night matchup, our final preview game of the week. It's back to the NFC East 
Both uh, all four teams play against each other: Eagles, Commanders, and now it's the Cowboys and the Giants in the Meadowlands. Two and zero, New York. One gross. and one, Dallas. Cooper also Rush gross. and company will march into the Meadowlands, trying to get their second consecutive win. Meanwhile, Brian Dable tries to continue his early success for the Giants. They look to go three and zero for the first time in oof. ever. I wouldn't say ever. But first time in forever. Forever, ever, forever, ever, and ever. So. <laughs> Yes, even then. <laughs> oh, I'd be I'd be shocked if anyone knew what we were talking about at this point. Yeah, it's just a jumbled mess. But. So, we'll talk about this much more in depth on the Monday show. The Monday show of heavy hitters. If you weren't aware, we have two shows a week now: Mondays and Wednesdays. Um, I said heavy hitters, right? I didn't say Wednesday windup. Yes, you did say heavy hitters. All right, good, good. I'm two and zero oh on that. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, we will be, uh, really diving deep into, uh, Cowboys and Giants, uh, my two least favorite teams in the league, and they play each other twice a year, but I got the Giants, and as weird as it's going to be, the Giants are going to be 3-0. and oh. That's crazy. That's so weird, Jack. Jack's silent. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's in Sorry. shock of his own team. I, I'm trying to figure out uh, when the last time the Giants started three and zero was, and I think it was 2016 oh. when they went 11 and five. Wow! So, you know the Eagles went three and zero that same season. Did you know that? No, no. Maybe it was 2015 then. Oh, yeah. No, no. I'm saying like the Eagles ended up sucking and not making the playoffs, but that was uh, the Carson Wentz start. Yeah, ba- based on my based on the research I have found, the Giants. Will, could be three and zero. We should hire a statistician. Um. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It helps get us some very, very timely stats. Yeah. Just you know, very uber specific stats. Uber but yeah, specific. Um. Yeah, man. I went with the Giants last week over the Panthers. Good choice. Narrow victory. I'm gonna wait. Did you go big blue? I did, but I'm actually gonna withdraw. So the weird thing is, the Cowboys look better with Cooper Rush. Yeah, I know. Quarterback. Crazy, Isn't that right? odd? And, Bizarre. And the Giants, let's be honest, should have lost week one to the Titans. Should have, could have, would have. And didn't. barely beat the Panthers. It was by three. I think the Cowboys, as, as much as I hope for them to be awful, with Cooper Rush, they are better than both of those teams. Give me the Cowboys. Two straight wins for Dallas. That's also gross. I don't like either of these outcomes, Jack. Give me the Cowboys. You go Cowboys? I'm riding with my guys. You got Big it. Big blue. They Dude, go three I, and zero. I respect that. That's a good pick for you. They go three and zero. They beat the Cowboys. They sent them back down to Texas, one and two. Hell yeah! And uh, you know, hmm. I can have a little, can have yes. a little studio fun with our friend Josh Toot. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I keep forgetting he's a Cowboys fan. Yeah, so because he's a Phillies fan. I know. Very odd dynamic, but I digress. Yeah, Giants get the win, man. The uh, Dable has, you know, this team is not. By any means, the best roster. If you talk about culture, Dable I swear. has got these guys playing right. Oh. He's got these guys playing Here for each go. other. It's 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 just a good look. You beat the Titans on a missed field goal and the Panthers by three. Give me a breeze. He's got these guys. He's got these guys not scoring twenty points yet. Oh wow! But they're two and zero. Oh wow! But they're two and zero. They're two and zero. But they're two and zero. The wor- what and do you mean the two and zero teams? I guarantee you, they're the worst of them. I would I would agree with that. The, I'm not saying the Giants are a good football team. I'm just saying that Brian Dable has made a positive impact so far in his time in New York, and that is an objectively true statement. 
anyway, that is going to wrap up our discussion for week three of the NFL slate. Mitch and I have a lot of the same picks. We differentiate on Thursday night. He goes Steelers, I go Browns. Only the uh, primetime games do we differ, I think. Yeah, Bengals-Jets was another difference. Oh, that, that was the other but one. But we yep. both went with Chicago, Raiders, Chiefs, Bills, Vikings, Ravens, Eagles, Saints, Chargers, Rams. We differentiate in Atlanta and Seattle. Oh, yeah. Both go Green Bay for the 425 game. Differentiate with 49ers-Broncos on Sunday night and then split with Cowboys-Giants so, on Monday night. So those are our three picks. three prime times and then two others. Only five differences. Yeah, those are our picks of the week for the NFL Week 3 slate. We hope tomorrow and this weekend provide some fantastic games to break down on our Monday show. Always love saying that. I love That's it. never going to get old for me. But, yeah, it's just, no, this week is odd. This week is odd. Honestly, if I had to give a, do you want to do a pick of the week? Pick of the week. What would be your favorite pick of the week? If you can give one, say this team's a lock to win. This team's a lock to win. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles over Carson Wentz. Three picks. Come on, man. Give me the birds. Fly, Eagles, fly. So Mitch's lock of the week is Philly. Upset of the week. It's the Steelers. Right? The Falcons are favored, right? No, Seattle is. Oh, by how much? Two. Oh. Uh, Seattle's favorite by two. Okay, so Pittsburgh's got a bigger line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me the give me the Steelers upset of the week, and that will be uh, sorted out tomorrow night. Yes, it will. So now for mine, real quick before our first break, uh, I am going to go with the pick of the week, the lock of the week for me, uh, has got to be, got to be Minnesota. Minnesota, be Minnesota. Over, over Detroit. Okay, I think that's mine. And that's like upset the strongest one you see. Is the Jets? I don't know. Um, that's the strongest. Yeah, it's it's a weird slate. No, it's not. It's a weird. It's a weird. Uh, no, no. Chargers? Actually, Chiefs. 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 Exactly. Chiefs over the Colts. Give me the Chiefs over the Colts. See? That is my lock. And a little further evaluation. Give me the Chiefs. I helped them out a little. To beat the Colts. Block of the week. Upset of the week. Jets over the Bengals. We're going to step aside for a first break of hour number two on heavy hitters. When we come back, all things college football. Week four preview ahead. Stick with us here on hour number two. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters, Mitchell and Jack. And we are transitioning out of the National Football League to college football week four. Wow, Jack. We are coming in. I, I'm, I'm more attentive than ever because your Penn State Nittany Lions are ranked 14, my man. After an unranked start. No, we, no, no. They're not my Penn State anymore. No, they're your. I'm I'm talking to the the listener. Oh, who loves Penn State with all their heart? That's that. We are. <laughs> yeah, that is true. There are many listeners who probably are Penn State fans, and the Nittany Lions have gotten off to a fantastic start. You know, we talked about on the Monday show they're absolutely dominating win over Auburn. Yeah, I mean it was just, Auburn's not going to win the football game. Yeah, no, no, I no kick sixes in Jordan Hare today. In yep. fact, the only thing. Uh, kicking rocks was Auburn fans after the third <laughs> quarter. They were piling out of the stadium in droves. But I talked we'll about that them. on Monday. Yep. Let's Preview start off. week four. Many great games on the slate for this upcoming weekend. If you're a college football absolute super fan like yes, I sir. am, I, you know, I love love me some good CFB. Uh, it's, uh, you know, college football. It's a spectacle like no other. You know, I say the atmosphere is there. Can't get them anywhere else because you can't have a bunch of college students packing a 75,000-plus seed stadium and making it one of the loudest places in America on that given Saturday. But 
It's beautiful. One of the Let's greatest get things, to it. One of the greatest things about college. We're going to go to Friday, Friday night. night. There are some big Thursday night games. Well, not big, but there are some interesting Thursday night games, too. West Virginia at Virginia Tech. Ooh. That's a little interesting one. Big t- uh, Big 12 correction versus ACC. Both teams kind of a little bit off disappointing starts. 2-1 Virginia Tech with their loss to Old Dominion. West Virginia fell at the home at the hands of Kansas at home uh, in week number two. JT Daniels, the Georgia transfer quarterback there with the Mountaineers and Neil Brown's program. Interesting. We're not going to full dive into that one, though, as that one is a Thursday night game to monitor. Other ones are just a little all right. Not worth uh, getting in on the show. But a Friday game that we have to talk about on the show. Because ACC this team, showdown, Because baby. this team, the, really it's just the one team in the matchup uh, that I like. The Syracuse Orange have surprised a lot of people to start this year. They are 3-0 and uh, and look to go to 4-0 and with a home matchup Friday night against the Virginia Cavaliers. Tony, Elli- Tony Elliott's led Cavs and Brendan Armstrong go up to play the Orange. And I believe it's, it's, I don't know if it's still called the Carrier Dome, but that's what it used to be called. Uh, and I will label it as such unless I find a reason not to. But the <laughs> Just Orange, keep on being you, Jack. Keep on being me, yes. So Syracuse is 3-0. This offense has looked much, much uh, better uh, with Dino Babers. Garrett Schrader, the Mississippi State transfer quarterback up there this year. Uh, they have Sean Tucker in the backfield, of course, who is a uh, phenomenal back. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a, a lot to like. And, yeah, I mean, pff, hold on one second. I'm pulling up, which is why I'm kind of kind of scuffling a little bit. But there we go. Yes, uh, Syracuse given an 85% chance to win this game according to ESPN's Football Power Index. Garrett Schrader, 709 passing yards for three games, eight touchdowns, zero picks. And Sean Tucker, 254 yards, two touchdowns. He is just a great runner. Get him out of space. He is a tough guy to bring down. Uh, but, you know, this Virginia offense, they were known for their firepower. You know, they were able to sling it all over the field, you know, was Brennan Armstrong last year. But that has not been the the start this year. Uh, he's thrown for 710 yards. Not bad. But two TDs to three interceptions. Not a clean game. And their 16-14 gritty win at home against Old Dominion on the last second field will get them win number two of the year. Man, it's not about Old, uh, Old Dominion playing tough against Power 5 Virginia teams. They beat Virginia Tech to open the season, and they gave Virginia a scare at their home field. So, Well, it's the power of music. Old Dominion, great yeah. country band. And Ricky Ronnie and the uh, Old Dominion Monarchs is what they're... I was had a blank for a second, but I quickly tracked it down. So, Out of the Sun Belt, man. What a Sun Belt this year. <laughs> Woo! Sun Belt's on wow. fire. Yeah, they really are. Sun Belt uh, is hot. Winning some big fittingly. upsets. Keep some big games. App Saying State a- had that Hail Mary on Saturday. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. Yeah, that was phenomenal. But, yes, interesting one. Syracuse, I think, will win this game. They're going to go to 4-0, and they might get ranked in the AP Top 25 Ooh. with how well they've been playing. Quick look at the Orange's schedule. If they do pull this one out, they have a home game against Wagner College on Saturday. That oh, should the be dreaded Wagner win. College. Before heading into a potentially ranked matchup uh, with NC State. Wow. Uh, they get a, I mean, Syracuse doesn't get a bye week sandwiched in between, but... That could be huge. That could uh, be that's, awesome. That's going to be up in Syracuse. Those, you know, that crowd up there, they can bring it. If, if they're good, they can really pack that, pack that place, make it loud, make it a tough environment to play in. Yeah, it's uh, it's not called the Carrier Dome anymore. Wow, I was proven wrong. It's called the JMA Wireless Dome. Well, there's dome. your reason not to. Yeah, the JMA Wireless Dome. Jma. That's that's not as cool as Carrier Dome, but I digress. I digress. Syracuse, I think, will go to 4-0. Interesting matchup to Solid quarterbacks. I think Brendan Armstrong can get himself right. But, yeah, I like Syracuse to win. I you think like Strong, Virginia uh, to cover, though. I think Armstrong has a strong arm this week. Ah, I like what he did there. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. He certainly can fire at the Southpaw. Yeah, he's a lefty quarterback. 
Give me the give me the orange here. Yeah, I'm going like orange four zero. They're favored by nine. Eighty five. Yeah, they're favored by nine. I don't know if I like that number. I think Virginia does cover. I think so. Yeah, I, I think they cover as well. Okay, I think it's close enough. Good enough quarterback play on the other side. Yeah. yeah. Good win though for the orange. Yeah. Four zero. Put the respect on Dino Baber's name. A lot of people were questioning his job security going into the season. He's proven a lot of people wrong so far, and um, wow. I even my even me. I was you know it's not like I'm just some big time authority, but it's just <laughs> yes you are Jack. It's just we worship you. No one expected Syracuse to be this good off the jump, and it's been very surprising. But it's also helped strengthen the ACC as a conference. So until Syracuse plays Florida State, you can win as much as you would like. Let's move on to Florida State. Yeah, let's talk about it. They play eight o'clock on Saturday. My favorite team, the Florida State Seminoles, three and zero. Big win last Friday night in Louisville. 35-31, backup QB Tate Rodemaker with a performance of his life came in after starting quarterback Jordan Travis went down. And, yeah, I mean, whew, gotta love what, I, I love what I'm seeing from the Seminoles team. A lot of fight, no give up, no quit. They could have easily folded in, at halftime down by oh, seven. Oh, here we go. But, you know, the resilience from this bunch has been phenomenal to see. Mike Norvell is instilling a lot of great uh, values. Culture. In, great in, culture. A lot of great values in, in these guys so far. Great values, that's what we're moving on to. They're favored by 17 and Mitch. No, 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 no. I know. Don't don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Knowles favored by 17 and a half uh, against Boston College. The Eagles come into Tallahassee not playing their best football. They're one and two, and Jeff Halfley, head coach there, is uh not it's not looking good for him. <laughs> it is looking rough. No, it's it's been a rough ride so far. Yeah, it's been a rocky start, and it's only, I think, gonna get worse. They fell at the hands of Rutgers in the opening week by one. Ooh. Took a 17-point loss, excuse me, on the road at Virginia Tech before beating out Maine 38 to 17. At least they at got that. Home. So you beat FCS Maine by 21. 21 yeah, points. So. Uh, you know, something to hang your there you go. Hang your hat on. At least a little bit of a positive. But uh, yeah, so it's Florida not State good here, for Boston College. Yeah, I mean, you know, does Jordan Travis play in this game? I'm not sure. Even if Rodemaker does play, you know, I, I'm a very avid Knowles fan. I read up every day on what's going on, you know, from the press releases and the practices, what's going on there. Both quarterbacks have looked good. Interesting who will play Saturday. I think it's going to be a Rodemaker lean just to keep Travis healthy for the long term. But even no, I, despite what quarterback starts, I think Florida State wins. They go to 4 0 and they finally get the respect they deserve and get put into the AP top 25. But anyway, uh, one more quick tidbit before I move on from Florida State. I'm a big recruiting guy. Knowles landed a big four-star linebacker, Blake Nicholson, out of Manteca, California last night. It was a late-time commitment. He committed at 9.30 Eastern time. But yes, a big, versatile player as a linebacker coming down to Tallahassee to play for the Knowles. So congratulations to you yeah. and your team and the man himself. Mike Norvell Mike getting Norvell. a big-time linebacker. That puts the Knowles recruiting class 17th in the country according to 24-7 sports. What was the name again? Uh, Blake Nicholson. Blake Nicholson. Yes. Good so, stuff. Yeah, I mean, that that's it for, for what I got for my Knowles. We're going to keep moving on to the solid slate noon ABC game. Top 25 ACC showdown. It is the Clemson Tigers traveling to Winston-Salem, North Carolina, to play the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Sam Hartman's back. They got by barely against Liberty last week, 37-36. Clemson's defensive front, which was projected to be a top 10 unit in the country, they have not looked good. Uh, and I think this is a game where you put Clemson on a little bit of an upset alert uh, if no, Wake no, Forest no, no, no. can find their footing. I, I like Wake Forest to win this game. I think Clemson's overrated. They're a good team. I don't think they're the fifth best I think team in the country. you're overrated. 
Clemson's a good team. They're not number five in my eyes. Sorry. Clemson is great, man. Come on. They have not proved They're it to me. They're going to get up to the to the level we expected them to be. This is going to be this is going to be a punching bag game. Come on. No, sir. Yes. No, sir. Give me waking an upset. Give me Clemson. What's the line? Seven. Seven. Give Clemson me Clemson by, by eleven. Bold take. I don't know. I don't Minimum. like the. I don't like the way I've seen this Clemson team play. I they've, do. Uh, they have staggered against some lower level competition. Sure, they have. Sure, they have. But they're figuring it out. You know, they're that, still the number five ranked team, Jack. They're gonna yes. figure it out. That that, that defense is only gonna. It, it took time to, to get going, but they're gonna get it going. Now that final score says forty-one ten versus versus Georgia Tech, but really right. all that happened in the fourth quarter. That happened. It was the third. It was the second half. Mm. Come on, second half. You were there. You saw the game. These they scored ten in the third quarter. They outscored Georgia Tech ten seven in the third quarter. This was a. 24-10 game going into four and in a quarter four. It was still a game at that point. Then they eh. ran away with things. Yeah, Clemson was in control, but it was still a game. Only um, seventeen so in the fourth. Rather unimpressed. They won thirty-five twelve against Furman. Eh, really? Come on, thirty-five twelve. Furman's quarterback went thirty of thirty-nine through the air. Okay, that's a pretty good day. He got twelve points. Congrats. Eh, I mean. Look, the defense knows what's important. It's not good. I mean, Furman had those three, are fine stats. Furman outgained Clemson in this game, three eighty four to three seventy six. Okay, not good. Who look. got thirty five points? Clemson won, but it wasn't pretty. Clemson won by quick math, twenty three. Forty eight twenty. Then in the next game, they beat Louisiana Tech again. It's just not a. That's a better offensive uh Better performance. offensive performance. Yes, defense rather not impressed still. Again, I just don't like Clemson. I don't know why. I know you don't. Last year, I don't know why. It, it's just last year. Last they, year was a business. They were ten and two, but Come they on. didn't look great all year. I think it's been more of the same this year. Offense is again. I just don't think this is the fifth best team in the country. Clemson They're a very is good winning team. this game. They're a very good team, but I think they fall at the hands of Wake Forest. Clemson big, is a situationally sound team. When when things get close, this is a big they can test. Turn it on. This is a big test. Trust me. This is the big test early in the year. They fell at NC State last year earlier on That's in the true. season in overtime. I think this is a very similar kind of game where it's it's going to be a grinded out kind of win for both teams. Uh, whoever comes away with this is a win. It's going to be a hard fought game. But I think this Wake Forest offense gets to Clemson. They find some weak. They find the weaknesses in that defense, and they find a way to pull it off. Uh, so give me Wake to cover. Wake to win. And a top 25 showdown in Winston-Salem. Baylor, Iowa State. Big 12 team, 17th ranked Bears, 3-0 Iowa State. This is kind of a Cyclones team that's fallen under the radar uh, a little bit. And, you know, I don't think they should be. They're, they're 3-0. They're very solid. Everyone was like, well, you know, they're, they're going to lose Brees Hall. What's this, what's this team going to look like next year under the guidance of Matt Campbell, I believe their head coach's name is, if I'm getting that right, hopefully. I think it, his name is Campbell. I'm just not sure about Matt, but... Yes. We'll call him Matt. Matt Campbell. There head we go. Coach at Iowa State. I was correct. There we Look go. Look at me. Look at me go. For once. Uh, yeah. You know, rather impressive wins. They dominated the competition 42 10. They had a sweat fest in Iowa, but the. A battle, sweat fest? Yeah. Battle for, battle for the Zog Trophy is always a tough game. It's, it's a hard fought game every year. They won 10 7 before dismantling Ohio 43 10. So. You know, they got a test in Iowa. Well, you know, it's a big Ohio's rivalry. Score 10 points, you know. It's a big rivalry. So. <laughs> Um, How is 10 different than 12? Because Furman's not a Power 5 school and Iowa is. I don't care. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Wait. Oh, 10? Oh, oh, Ohio. I'm very sorry. I thought you were talking about Iowa. But, yeah, Iowa's been a bigger test by far than anyone Clemson's played so far. So, and I'm not saying, again, this is not me saying Iowa State's better than Clemson. They're not. 
But Clemson allowed 12 points, and you're like, mm, I don't know, man. And this this team allows yeah, 10, it, yeah, and you're you, like, they dismantled Yeah, but them. you didn't watch the games. No, I didn't. So it, it just wasn't it wasn't fantastic. They didn't beat up on inferior competition like they should, is what I'm saying. That's all I'm trying to say. I know. I know what you're trying to say. I just disagree with it. I think the final scores are important. I think because I think it tells you a lot of the situational story of the game. Well, not fully. No, again, nothing's 40, ever fully. That forty-one ten game against Georgia Tech wasn't forty-one. wasn't a traditional forty-one ten game. It, it looked like it in the second half. Exactly in the second half. But if you win forty-one to ten, you would. That you doesn't would, tell you the full story either, because it was the first game of the season. Yes, it takes time to shake off a little bit. But of But Georgia rush. Tech's a horrible football team. Correct. They, I mean, they're abysmal. They're going to finish dead last in the ACC. Correct. All true. All true. Maybe not dead last, but I think maybe that Boston College would be worse. But. I think that's a fine score to have, especially first game of the season. And, and what's the problem? What's Man. the problem? I don't know. Well, so we, what? The fourth quarter just doesn't matter? Like you said, it was still a game, which means it wasn't just garbage time. Georgia Tech was still trying, and they still put up 17 unanswered in the fourth. Yes and no. We, we, yes, there's parts, yes. There's parts that are true, parts that are not. But anyway, I digress. Yes. Baylor, Iowa State. It's going to be a f- phenomenal game. Cyclones favored yeah. by two and a half at home over the 17th ranked Bears. Uh, Dave Aranda and company try to go up there and get a big time win on the road against a very underrated Iowa State team. We're going to move on to the People's Game of the Week, maybe People's Game of the Year. Two traditional basketball powerhouses in Duke and Kansas have turned the tide and have. Move things over to the football field, the gridiron, if you will. Both teams enter week four, three and zero, oh, a feat that hasn't happened in a long time for Kansas. I believe 2008 was the last time they were started. They started three and zero, and they've done it again in 2022 here at Lawrence, here in Lawrence, Kansas. They're favored by seven over the Duke Blue Devils. Did the Jayhawks move to four and zero, oh, Mitch? Well, I, I personally, I'm taking them to do so. Jalen Daniels has looked great for the Jayhawks. A quarterback, 566 yards, seven touchdowns, only one interception, and he's added yeah. 237 rushing yards and three touchdowns. So the dual threat quarterback has thrived. I like thrived. those dual threat quarterbacks, especially in college. Absolutely. He has thrived in the early going for Kansas. Lance Leipold has done a great job turning that Kansas program around from a laughing stock to a team that's actually competitive. And they look like a team that you actually have to look out for. Uh, so good for Kansas, good for them, also good for Duke, you know, 3-0. Uh, yeah, just, you know, you're like, oh, Kansas is 3-0. Also good for Duke. 3-0. Yeah, good for nice. Duke. I mean, not, not, not going to discredit them. They beat down Temple 30-0, to got a tough road win at Northwestern on a last-second fumble inside the end zone where they recovered it. They punched it out at the one-yard line, pounced on it 2-0 before beating NCA&T 49-20. So, you know, good for Duke as well. They've took care of business business so far, but I objectively think Kansas is the better team. They're at home, and I like Kansas to win this one. Yep, uh, that's I'll really take Kansas as well. It's really all I got. We're going to move to the college game day game of the week. We're going to preview it a little bit, uh, and we'll wrap it up on the flip side of our break here with just a minute to go until that occurs. But the 20th-ranked Florida Gators travel to Knoxville, Tennessee at oh. Neyland Stadium to take on the 11th-ranked Tennessee Volunteers. 3-0 Vols, 2-1 Gators. Tennessee favored by 10.5 in this top 20 showdown. And I think the line that Vegas has there is right. Uh, I think Tennessee is objectively the better team. Uh, Florida is going to be without a key defensive player. Uh, Ventrell Miller, uh, I think if I'm recalling that correctly, uh, if I'm saying that right, I should say. But, yeah, uh, he's, a, he's a key guy off the edge. Yes, it is Ventrell Miller, the senior linebacker. So, yes, he's a very key cog to that Florida defense, and they're not going to have him. And for me, the key is the Tennessee rushing game. Uh, Florida got gashed by USF last week, and 
Uh, for perspective, Southern Florida, no, no disrespect to them, but they are not a good football team. Went 2-10 and 10 last year. They got trounced at home by BYU in Week 1, and they kept Florida close last week. Mm. So Yeah, I'm, I'm riding with the Volunteers. Yeah. Pretty, so, pretty healthily. Yeah. Well, we're going to go to break. When we come back for the final 20 minutes of today's show, we will finish up our games to watch and uh, in, in slash previews for Week 4 of the college football slate. Stay with us right here on Heavy Hitters for more after our break. Welcome back to Heavy Hitters, our final 20-minute segment here on this Wednesday, heading into NFL Week 3 and college football Week 4. That's what we're discussing here. However, yes, sir. we do have some breaking news, Jack. Two pieces of it. In fact, one's a fake. Adam Schefter, well, then it's not really breaking news. It's, it's faking news. Uh, <laughs> well, then I don't know if I'd report it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't report it. Okay, then I'll, I'll just report the uh, the actual news that uh, yeah. Justin Herbert is not retiring. Yeah, Justin Herbert. <laughs> <laughs> that is just into us now. Mitchell's meme of the day. Uh, <laughs> showing me Adam Schefter fake reports <laughs> that Justin Herbert retires. Wow. That was uh, not true. Anyways, that's, we do have some real breaking news. We should have like a breaking news. To breaking a news. Sound, a sound bite. Yeah. yeah. Potentially. Um, we can work on that. The Royals have dismissed... President of Baseball Operations, Dayton Moore. Disappointing season for uh, for Moore and the rest there. Uh, what do you make of this one, Jack? Yeah, you know, Kansas City's been, uh, you know, since they won the World Series in 2015, the year after, they were pretty solid. But since then, it's been a perpetual spiral, down downward spiral Yep. Uh, to Haven't the been deep, relevant. dark place. Yeah, really, the deep, dark place they're in now. They are not a good baseball team. They have Bobby Witt Jr., who's a young stud. Out, you know, and they have some other good young guys, you know, MJ Melendez, Vinny Pasquantino. Uh, but the pitching is just not there. You know, if we talk about the Royals in this show and uh, in past shows, it's going to be a couple more years till they get good again. Yep. Uh, they have some bright spots now, but they got to address some things in the future. It's going to be a little bit again. But, you know, just you have to, to get a guy in there who's going to be able to lead you through this tough time and get you into the future on a positive light. And clearly the Royals felt that uh, Dayton Moore was not the guy to do so. Yeah, sorry for stepping on your toes there a little You're bit. Good. But, um, you know, sometimes it, it takes uh, guts to you know, out the man that, uh, that got you that, that title there and, uh, move on to something else. It's, it's, it's tough and it's been seven years. So, you know, it hasn't occurred again and, you know, get some new faces in there and, um, try and make another run for Kansas city out there. Back to college football, Jack Heim, where are we going next? Well, are we staying with, uh, the matchup of the day for, uh, game day? Yes, yes, sir. Wrapping up uh, Florida, Tennessee. Just some key matchups to look at here. You know, I mentioned quickly before the break, can Tennessee run it efficiently on this Florida, uh, you know, Florida front? And without Ventrell Miller, who's a key piece of stopping the run and edge rushing there at the linebacker spot, it's it's going to be tough. It is going to be tough. South Florida had a recipe. They, you know, they controlled the clock. They ran the ball very efficiently and were able to keep Florida in a, uh, you know, in it down to the final minute uh, before some miscues allowed Florida to lock up a win. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, big tidbit here. Florida's ranked 20th. It's and not really a tid then. Their quarterback has not thrown a passing touchdown. Wow. In three games. Wow. Anthony Richardson, 41 of 77, 423 yards, zero passing touchdowns to four interceptions. And they are 2-1. and one. Now, I think Richardson's playing a little bit banged up. He doesn't seem fully healthy. And, I, you know, I think this Florida coaching staff trying to keep it close to the vest here. Not trying to get any, uh, you know, public news about Richardson's status because if that does get out, you allows the opponents to game plan much easier for you. Um, but yeah, you know, he has not looked like a good quarterback. You know, the hype was there for Anthony for AR going into the season, but it's just not been 
following through in the field. Maybe it's injury issues. Maybe he's just been a little underwhelming trying to adjust to this new Billy Napier offense. But so far, it's not been great. And I don't expect it to get any better this week because, <laughs> you know, we, we don't see a fully, you know, in college it's different than the pros because, you know, sometimes you see this in the pros where you get a look at the teams for the first couple of weeks uh, and it, it wasn't really them. They just needed some time. But more often than not in college, you know, you can get a look at the teams for the first couple of weeks, but then they show you some things, you know, week four, week five. They said, okay, well, this wasn't here in the first couple of weeks, but we've had this. It just takes some time sometimes for these young, for these young kids to be able to get themselves fully comfortable and immersed in a season. Do we see something through the air from Anthony Richardson that we haven't seen in the first three weeks? I don't think it shows this week. Maybe it does as the season continues to progress, but I'm not sold, and I like Tennessee to win handedly in this one. Neyland Stadium is going to be rocking. I also think it's the checkered uh, checkered out game where they alternate mm. you know, sections with orange and white. So, yep. yeah, uh, very interesting tradition down there. One of the best, I think. You know, it's a great tradition uh, in college football to, to do the checkered out game. But, yeah, I like Tennessee to win pretty, pretty easily in this one. Um, yeah, so. I'll take Tennessee with you as well. And, again, this is once a storied rivalry. You know, p- you know, people our age, Mitch, have not lived through it. Uh, but, you know, if you take a look back in history and back in time, you know, in the 90s, these, these two teams were going at it every year. Uh, you know, the Peyton Manning-led Volunteers versus Steve Spurrier Gators. Mm. I mean, this is one of the most animated rivalries, not only in the Southeastern Conference, but in all of college football. This is a game that had year after year – you know, national television, uh, headlines on it. You know, not only players going to the pros, but just for the level that this game was played on. And I think both of these programs are on a trend to try to bring this rivalry back to the national spotlight. And maybe this is a game that does it. Uh, but with Florida winning 16 of the last 17 matchups between these two teams, rather Ooh. domination, I think that does turn on Saturday. But yeah, it's been a rel- relatively one-sided affair for quite some time. Tennessee's looking to change that, and I think Josh Heupel's got this program in the right direction uh, with where they're going, does the former UCF coach. So, yeah, giving the, giving the balls to win, but, you know, just some perspective on how big of a matchup this used to be. Yeah, I, I definitely think this uh, turns back from that 16-1. and one. It's going to be 16-2 and two after this. Uh, Tennessee, 100%. Um, I'll ride with them with you. So uh, we are in agreement there. I love that little history lesson you gave us too, by the way. Absolutely. We're uh, moving on to uh, Penn State? In a minute. We're, okay. Yeah, I again, thought you had one. I, I thought talked about Florida State a little bit. I mean, Penn, State play, uh, Penn State's home against Central Michigan. It's going to be a beatdown. It it's, is. It's going to be a splattering. I just it's, love saying our little 14th ranked Penn State Nittany Lions. 28-point favorites. Uh, yeah. Give me Penn State. Penn State to roll. It's going to be easy. Smooth sailing there uh, at Beaver Stadium. Jack doesn't like Valley. talking about Penn State. No, it's not that I don't. Jack's it's not just, a Penn there's State not, guy. There's not, what is there to talk about? There's to talk about that this is like it's the gonna be greatest a thing to ever happen. You know what I'll talk about? I'll talk about Penn State uh, in a couple weeks when they travel to Michigan because they Go don't ahead. have a worthy matchup of breaking down on the show. Tough game. <laughs> for, before then. They, yeah. have, they have home to Central Michigan and home to Northwestern. Wow. Uh, I mean, I mean, wow! Northwestern's really just a groundbreaking program. I mean, it, they're, they're just there's so much to talk about with Northwestern. Joking, not really. Yeah. So again, I would talk about Penn State if their opponents were worthy of talking about. Sorry, so, sorry, Central Michigan. No oh, disrespect. Some shade being no, thrown. No, no disrespect, but uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be ugly on Saturday. We are, Jack. We are. Yeah, you could say that. It's been a great year for the Nittany Lions thus far. I expect it to continue. Steady to rise. On you know. Saturday. We're not going to break this one down, but a game to nope. watch. Notre Dame, North Carolina. 
The oh, Irish God. are one and two. North Carolina's three and zero. Oh. This game's in Chapel Hill. Notre Dame, not not Notre Dame. UNC is a one and a half point favorite. So Notre Dame's a road dog. Can they go in there and win there with Drew Pine? I don't know. That's a little bit of a star next to that one game to potentially watch. That one's three thirty on ABC. Minnesota, Michigan State, another one to watch after Michigan State got absolutely beaten down by the hands of the Washington Huskies. Now eighteenth ranked. Uh, is Michael Penix and company, the former Indiana transfer quarterback who had that big-time diving two-point conversion that is so controversial to this day that happened against Penn State in the 2020 season. Um, so, yes, that was the Hoosiers' best season in recent history, but now he's up there with the Huskies. They're 3-0, very underrated group out of the Pac-12. Keep your eyes on them the rest of the season. But for Minnesota, Michigan State, the Spartans' secondary, very weak. Uh, it's Oh, man, they got diced up uh, by that Huskies receiver room. But a positive note for them, Minnesota top receiver Chris Altman Bell, unfortunately done for the year, suffered an injury last week uh, in their home duel against New, uh, Colorado. Colorado, they opened the year against New Mexico State. I was going to say New Mexico State, but inversed it. So a 49-7 win over Colorado. Unfortunately, Chris Altman Bell is done for the year for the wow. Gophers. It's a big loss, uh, and that makes the life of that Spartan secondary much, much easier. But that doesn't deter Minnesota from coming into this game is a three-point favorite. I don't like the line. I think the Spartans win at home, bounce back. Mel Tucker gets his guys right. Oh, I'll take the, I'll take the favorite team. I'll differ with you on this one. You will differ with me. Oregon, Washington State, three and zero Cougars. You know, not a lot of people talk about Washington State. They they kind of try to discredit that win a couple weeks ago at Wisconsin, saying, "Well, uh, Wisconsin hasn't looked much different in years past." That isn't that is a true statement. That is a very true statement. But that doesn't take away from the fact that Washington State went in there in a very tough environment to play at Camp Randall Stadium and pulled off an impressive win. Uh, so Washington State 3-0 for the first time since the Mike Leach days with Gardner Minshew and company in, oh. in that stretch of years up in Pullman, Washington. So the Cougar faithful have to be very excited about how they've started this year. And there is a real possibility that Washington State could upset the 15th-ranked Ducks this week. This is a trap week for Oregon. I like the, I like the Ducks to win but the possibility for Washington State to pull off that upset certainly there. So that's just one to keep your eyes on. We're going to keep moving down here. We got Arkansas A&M, one of our final breakdown games of today's show. 10th ranked Arkansas, 23rd A&M. Dallas, Texas, are uh, not yeah, yes, it is Dallas, I believe. Maybe Arlington, I don't know. Wherever AT&T Stadium is located, I believe it is Arlington. Yeah, that's uh that's where the Cowboys play. Yes, yes. Yeah. It is Arlington because Dallas Cowboys don't actually play in Dallas. So, yeah. Puzzling. Anyway, uh, Jerry's World gets the host AM and Arkansas. These two teams met last year, I believe, at that same venue that saw Arkansas win. Um, so, uh, I mean, look, both these teams coming off interesting weeks. AM's offense this year has been <laughs> lackluster. They won 17 9 in a tough fight at home against Miami. Uh, you know, their defense played really well without some key guys. They get those guys back this week. Some were gone to do suspension for violating team rules. Star freshman's Evan Stewart at uh, the receiver spot, also along with Chris Marshall. And you got Smoke Boy. Uh, smart, uh, Smoke Boy. I think that's how you say his name. It's Smoke Boy? Yeah. That's a great name. So That's almost as good as uh, Smoke Monday. Yeah, Smoke Monday. Played for Auburn a couple years ago. Yeah, yes, dude. Remember that yeah, name? Remember him. Uh, I hope I'm not butchering his name, but I, I have to give an honest take here. Not really sure how to pronounce it. So we're going to roll with what I said. Uh, I'm not going to take it back now. Uh, it is what it is. But anyway, uh, breaking down this matchup, Arkansas A&M, 10th ranked Hogs, 23rd ranked Aggies. Max Johnson, the new starting quarterback, took over going into the Miami game. That offense looked a lot more, it, it just looked more comfortable to watch. Uh, with Haynes King at the helm, this 
it wasn't it was ugh, just not fun not not fun to watch. Max Johnson's got this group look, looking more clean. Does KJ Jefferson and company roll down there and get a win? Big matchup to watch there. Arkansas secondary ranked in the 120s in uh, <laughs> national secondary, so they are one of the worst. Wow. While A&M's passing offense has also been one of the worst. So we see weakness versus weakness. I know this A&M offense has the ability to throw the ball. It's not an offense that says, well, this team can't throw, so just stack the box and watch for the run. No, they have the talent there to be able to throw the ball downfield. They have a talented quarterback in Max Johnson, the LSU transfer. They are able to move the ball downfield. Let's see if they can exploit a weakness in this Arkansas team, which is their secondary. Uh, That's going to be a great positional matchup to watch. Arkansas, no doubt, can run the ball. And, you know, yeah, they can run the ball well. Can they be able to pass it enough? I think they can. Jordan Hazelwood's a good target. And I'm favored by two. I do like Arkansas to win, though. I think Arkansas will, you know, as a dog, win the game. Ooh, going with the dog. Um, I'll join you. I, I like it. I like the dog here. Well, there will be no more breakdowns, but I will give you some more games to watch before we leave today's show for the final slate. Iowa Rutgers, interesting Big Ten matchup uh, in Piscataway, New Jersey. The 3-0 Scarlet Knights, 2-1 Hawkeyes. Uh, can Kirk Ferentz and company roll down and get a win, or will Rutgers, Rutgers another, get another one? Another flying under the radar team. They barely, barely uh, eked <laughs> out a win against Temple last week um, at the link, but Rutgers got it done. They can go 4-0. They're at home. They're 7.5-point dogs to uh, to Iowa. I do like Iowa to win and the undefeated run for Rutgers here in week number four. Alabama gets a cakewalk. They play at home against Vanderbilt. Not really a game to watch, but one of the top teams in the country. Yeah, poor Vanderbilt. I'm sorry. Oh. You guys are going to get absolutely, you know, dog walked. I mean, it's just bad. It is just going to be bad. The Death Star is ready to fire. You know, this one, this game, interesting, the next one we're going to talk about real quick, uh, had a lot of preseason hype around it. But now with Wisconsin's scuffling, like I mentioned, it's Wisconsin and Ohio State in the shoe, yeah. in Columbus. Yep. I Ohio State, 18.5 point favorites. Oof. Yeah. Ugh. Again, it's the Give same Wisconsin old, to cover. Wow, really? Cover. It's the same old Wisconsin, man. They can run the ball well. They just cannot throw it for the life of them. Graham Mertz got so much hype coming in as a quarterback. Got thrusted in as a true freshman. It's been tough. It's been tough sailing for him. Nah, it's been not the greatest of times in his Badger tenure. Hopefully, he can find his footing. They'll they'll lose, but I think they can keep it a little closer than that. Man, I think it's gonna get ugly. No, I don't think Ohio State, I, dude. Ohio State sucks. Man. I think it's Come ugly. On. Give me the Buckeyes in a runaway. Not a runaway. close. Ooh, she's a little runaway. It is gonna get bad. Northwestern. I know they're not mentioned of talking about, but they did <laughs> lose to an FCS team last week at home. Southern Illinois, 31-24. They welcome in Miami of Ohio this week. Both these teams are not good, but, man, Northwestern, can they can they raise themselves from the embarrassment of losing to an <laughs> FCS team? Not sure. Not It's not one to watch. <laughs> it's not one to watch at all. Not uh, one to if watch. you're watching, you, you now know. Now I see the sarcasm on that Penn State-Northwestern yeah, yeah, game. Yeah, you know you're a dedicated uh, college football fan if you're going to Willingly sit down and watch Miami of Ohio versus Northwestern. Power you should come to over you. for that one, Jay. Power, yeah, power to you if you do it. All the credit in the world. Oklahoma hosts Kansas State, 3-0 Sooners, 2-1 Wildcats. Oklahoma, 13-point favorites. Only want to talk about the Sooners briefly because they absolutely dominated North uh, Nebraska last week uh, in Lincoln. You know, Everyone thought popular upset pick because of the new coach. Yeah, Oklahoma put that one to bed. They put it to <laughs> bed early. They left, no doubt, walking out of that building that they are for sure one of the top Seven teams in the country. Boomer, Sooner. Brent Venables, former Clemson defensive coordinator, long time down there. 
hated playing against him. He was such a good defensive coordinator, but he's got this Oklahoma bunch in a great position. They will meet up with Texas in a couple weeks without Quinn Ewers. Uh, but yeah, Oklahoma, Big 12 is looking good. Underrated conference. Another game to watch. Late night one, 9.30, Pac-12. Seventh ranked USC travels to take on Oregon State. Another really underrated team. The Beavers, 3-0. and And for a game where this USC seventh ranked, they're going on the road against a relatively, you know, under underdog, under radar team. They're only favored by seven. Wow. Yeah. That, well, there's the radar. There, There's the radar. Oregon State is getting some higher praise to the Vegas line than the public gives them. So I, I'm with Vegas on this one. I do like Oregon State. I'm give with me, the public. Give me USC to win, but I think Oregon State's going to cover. Give me USC uh, by three scores. Wow. BYU took a beating from Oregon last week, but they were banged up. We didn't talk about that on the Monday show. They were still without their top two receivers, some other injuries there. Uh, they play Wyoming at home. They're going to bounce back. BYU, yep. will, BYU will be just fine. There's no need to panic on them. Other games, Utah takes on Arizona State. Arizona State recently fired their head coach, Herm Edwards. Interesting to monitor what goes on with that situation there and the coaching hire at Arizona State. Final game, Stanford travels to Washington. The Huskies. The Huskies, 13.5-point favorites. I got them to win. That's going to do it for today's edition of Heavy Hitters, though. From Mitchell Smedley, I am Jack Heim. Tune into our Monday show. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy college. Enjoy NFL. Great tap of KUR shows coming up later on tonight, so stay tuned for those. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in once again. We'll see you on Monday.